Today we got a crazy fucking guest. We got Mr. Fucking Smith, bro. Mr. Smith. The one and fucking only Mr. Smith. Can we say your first name? Can we say your oh, government? Yeah, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Smith. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle fucking Smith. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you should introduce yourself. Like, who is Mr. Smith? Who, uh, sh- should we just say Smith? I feel like we're old uh, enough. He, he sh- <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah, I'm Smith, I guess. Whatever. I don't care. All right, um, boom. So, yeah, give us a little bit. You know, introduce yourself to the people, man. You're a people's person. Like, should, hey, this is your show. You should introduce me. Shouldn't I have a big introduction or something like that? Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Fuck. Okay. No, you already gave me a nice introduction. Uh, so I was these guys' history teacher. What was it, four or five years ago now? A while. I, some time ago. Damn near half a decade. So you guys graduated in what year? Uh, 2019. Uh, 2019. 2019. I don't know. I haven't even got my diploma. <laughs> no, the summer of 2019. Okay. 2019. <laughs> so I had you guys when you were sophomores. So we're talking, I think it was the 2016, 2017 school year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were, yeah, we were sophomores. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what a fun time. So I feel like we should give the people like, you know, a little bit of perspective. What the fuck we were like when we were kids. And then like what you think of when you walked in and you see us now and you talk to us, you know, but we were chopping it up before we turned the camera on. But like, give your before and after on like each of us, like starting with Johnny. Uh, well, I'll say this. I pick on Johnny. So it's amazing how quickly um, kids grow up once they graduate high school. I mean, you guys have been out of high school for is it two or three years now? Yeah, yeah two or three years. Two oh yeah, years. two to three, yeah. almost okay. three. So that sounds in, crazy. In just saying cor- that. In the course of a person's life, that's not a very long time, but within just that short span of time you guys have matured a lot. And then you can tell already. I mean, just the fact that you guys got all this gear and stuff and that you guys are doing a podcast and taking it really seriously. I mean, that shows a lot of drive and initiative, which, to be honest, I mean, you guys didn't show a lot of drive and initiative <laughs> in the classroom <laughs> overall, which some of that is my fault, admittedly. Uh, but so, yeah, people mature really quickly. So, uh, I mean, it's cool. And, you know, even though I was your teacher, uh, you know, in a way, we're kind of like friends or whatever like that now, so to speak. I mean, I don't know if you want to word. Like, yeah, you, you no, saw we're, we're definitely. definitely friends. What do you mean? Why'd you have to doubt them, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, it took you guys three years to contact me. Uh, so true. You know? Thomas. Thomas did contact me last summer. So... No, you, you know, guys. I was, yeah, the man. I was going to, but there's no excuse. Nah, I just. Yeah, I was going no, to. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I'm going on vacations to DR. <laughs> <laughs> and t- stuff we can't even talk about on camera. <laughs> Not right now. What would your mother say? But, um, <laughs> how do you call this? Not yet. So, like, seeing us now, what do you see differently? Um, like, specifically, you want me to talk about each one of you guys individually? Yeah, yeah. Just, like one thing. Just one thing. All right, well, Johnny's a lot more tatted up. That's, that's <laughs> one thing that's added. very apparent. Um, but he's still Johnny, though. Um, Johnny, you have a very um, infectious personality. Um, and, I, and I say this for other teachers that knew you and stuff, too. You were a very likable student. And you still have that, which is good. <laughs> I'm talking to you, too. I can't look at you. <laughs> no, no, for sure. No, I'm, I'm talking to the viewers. Like, look, uh, I was infectious. He's going to show oh, this to his you. mom. No, yes, I will. His, his mom subscribed. This, this is nice. a proud moment. So you still have that, but you can tell that, you know, you're, you're a young man now, too. You called yourself a kid before. <laughs> and I said, you don't got to call yourself a kid. I mean, maybe you still act like it in some ways, but <laughs> I'm 32 years old now, and I still act like a kid sometimes. Really? Everybody. Everybody. Wow, that's pretty young for a teacher. 
No, yeah, yeah, yeah. 32? Uh, Damn. Yeah. All right, don't make him too yep. proud of himself. <laughs> 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 He's gassing me up. <laughs> You're the guest, man. Um, right. Thomas, I mean... This is my impression, and you guys can let me know if I'm wrong. I feel like he's the the brains behind all this for, for the sure. most part. For he's sure. the one driving true. it the most. And I remember talking with him. It was his senior year, and we had attendance recovery. And he was talking to me about how – I don't know what you want me to say, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like there were certain people in your family kind of pushing you to go to college. And you oh, were, yeah. You were a little uncertain about it. And by the way, you were right to be skeptical about it because – it's not for everyone. And, and by the way, I mean, the price tag for college and so many of the majors very, very rarely lead to good jobs and things like that. It is way, way, way overhyped. That is for sure. But Thomas was talking to me about, like, you know, he was thinking about modeling and doing some other types of things. And my and see, a lot of teachers, I believe, in that situation would say, don't do that. You just need to go to college, man. You just need to get a real job. Right. I never told you something like that, did I? Yeah, I can never think once you were like, just go to college, just go to college. At the end of the day, you need to do what makes you happy and stuff. And I saw that he had, even though I, he was a kid who was disinterested in my class or whatever, and rightfully so. No, you know what's crazy? I actually love history. Uh, I love history. I so enjoyed we, that so, so we got to talk about history then. At like, I remember point. the Salem Witch Trial. At, I some, at some point, we'll talk about history, and you know, maybe I'll slay some sacred cows or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... um. Thomas, uh, so I see him as like, uh, he's got like the entrepreneurial mindset, if, if I can uh, say so myself. Not yet, for sure. Appreciate for sure. that. Darian, um, I've been in contact with Darian probably a little less because I had probably about a good 20 or so minutes with Johnny and Thomas before Darian came. Right. Um, but what is Darian doing? He's working before he came here. So it says you know, a lot about him. I'm working, man. And by the way, you know, you can consider this a job too because, you know, if you guys, you know, make it big and stuff, then, you know, you guys are bringing in some, some money. So, He's working while he's working. Mm. <laughs> so uh, way to put it, for sure. Right. Um, but no, but but Darian, I'll say this too. Darian's pretty well spoken. Facts. Um, Thank which, you. Which you need to have on a podcast. Yeah. So that's one thing that's standing out to me about him. Thank All you right. very much. You're welcome. Now, um, I get that not only are you a history teacher, but you've also dabbled in the podcast industry yourself, correct? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you do? With your podcast. So I had a podcast um, for two years called AFC East Bros, which... AFC East Bros. <laughs> um, I, I got to admit, was very niched. Um, there was no other podcast like it. I'm not really sure if there is one now. Where two brothers who root for two different teams in the respective division um, cover four teams. There's a lot of podcasts out there about just covering one team or some that cover the entire NFL I don't know of any other that covers the entire division. And it was fun. And we grew a lot. We, had a, we interacted with a lot of cool people, met a, a bunch of cool people through it and stuff. But it was a lot of work. And I was spending so much time. I, I, I remember one year, and it might have been the year I was teaching you guys, or it was the year before that. I was spending more time on my podcast than I was for my teaching job. And if you want to be a good history teacher, it's not just the planning and all that kind of stuff and just going to work. You got to do a lot of research outside. Like, you got to read a lot of history books and stuff. Definitely. So, uh, so if I go to your house right now, you have like a bunch of history books? I actually have most of my books on Kindle. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wow. For that reason, because a lot of these people sometimes they get like these big stacks of, and then, like, what if you had to move? You got to. Right. But if, I like Kindle books for a lot of reasons. It's easy. I could just pull up my book on my phone and search a thing and find it like that. 
you know, anyway, but um, yeah, so I stopped doing my um, uh, AFC East Bros podcast, but within the last year, I connected with uh, my buddy, the great Joe Blewett, and I've been doing um, YouTube live streams and podcasts just about the Jets, but we are more of a film-centric show, and you know, we get a pretty good amount of views and stuff on YouTube and stuff, so we have a, a Jets podcast. The YouTube channel is Jets X Factor. You can find it there. Once every two weeks, we do nice it. Nice little plug. Nice yeah. little plug. You, you find know, it in the respectfully. And yeah, I told you I've been in the game, man. I know it's right. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he dropped that in pretty nice, too. And I, I find that great considering there's not many of us. I think you know what I mean when I say not many of us. It's <laughs> <laughs> about Jets fans? Jets fans. <laughs> there's not many of us. They come out when the team is good. And that's with every fan base. The problem is the Jets haven't been very good. Right, no ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, bro. Ten years ago, uh, we went to back-to-back -to -back AFC title games, and there was a lot more Jets fans out there. They would wear their jerseys a lot more often. I mean, ten years ago, how old were you, man? You were... That I, wa I'd actually I actually had just gotten into football at that age. That's when um, everybody around me liked the Giants, and I wasn't standing for it. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to like the Jets. That's part of the reason I like the Jets, too. Right. I hate the Giants. <laughs> My least right. favorite team. Really? Why, why do you hate the Giants? What did it do to you? So when I was younger, um, I used to hang out with some people. And I remember one time. I, I, so I was always kind of a little bit of a Jets fan. Like, my dad used to give me Jets stuff. Like, he had coworkers that had season tickets to the Jets. So my dad would take me to Jets games, get me a Jets jersey and things like that. He would give me, like, Jets yearbooks and things. But I remember, so the Jets were in the playoffs one year. This must have been like 2005 or four. I can't remember the exact year. Jets were playing the Steelers in the playoffs, and they missed two field goals. And I was watching the game at my friend's house, who's a Giants fan. And the Jets should have won the game. If they just hit the kicks, they would have won the game. They would have went far in the playoffs. And my friend, who's a Giants fan, he and his older brother are rubbing it in my face. <laughs> oh, fuck the Jets. I hate the Jets. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm thinking like, I didn't hate the Giants at that point yet, but you start, <laughs> yeah. start coming at me and talking shit about me, and now I hate the Giants. Right. And I always felt the Giants fans were so cocky, they would say, oh, you guys are the little brother of New York. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I can't stand the Giants. Right. So when you go to, like, football games, you'd be that guy in the parking lot just, like, waiting to get it in? With someone else, you're just waiting for someone <laughs> to talk shit. You're like, "What?" <laughs> uh, so I actually went to the this past Saturday. There was the Jets had a practice called the Green and White Scrimmage at MetLife Stadium, and there was this fucking. Uh, I almost said a bad. It's a bad word nowadays. <laughs> Ten years ago, it wasn't a bad word, so I ain't gonna say it. Oh, okay. Oh, there was this so idiot at the stadium. Good job, by the way. That was good. <laughs> Congrats, catching yourself. This idiot at the stadium, and the Jets have a rookie quarterback now. He's very, very talented, and I think he's going to be very good. He's a rookie, though. He's going to take Fresh a learning curve. It's a learning curve. He threw a couple of a couple picks. He's he's by the way, this is his, he's still in training camp. All right, so he's going to get a lot better. And this idiot in front of him was like saying, "Oh, we need to bring back Sam," meaning Sam Darnold, bro. Sam Darnold is horrible. I wrote a 4,000-word article about him online. You can find <laughs> 4, it. 4,000? I've never wrote anything that long. <laughs> and by the way, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of film clips and stuff in it, too. So I back up what I'm saying in the article. I titled it, Have You Taken the Sam Darnold Blue Pill? Anyway, uh, this guy saying we need to bring back Sam Darnold. I'm like, hold on a moment. Sam Darnold was the most turnover-prone quarterback, throwing tons of interceptions and stuff. He was doing that in his third year as a pro. And you're mad at this young rookie kid for doing the same thing that Darnold was doing while he's in his third year. 
So I was arguing with this guy a little bit. And I said, why do you want to bring back Sam? And he's like, because he's taller. Like, what oh kind of a dumbass God. argument is that? Yeah, that's such a ignorant ignorant reason. Argument, I, I wanted to keep arguing, but he has he had his young kids with him. So I was like, nah, I'm going to drop it. He also, he also don't, don't embarrass him. Don't, <laughs> don't embarrass him, please. He definitely chose the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. But um, you ever did any sports gambling? Uh, not nothing crazy. Um, just like a five thousand dollar bet. <laughs> no, <laughs> nah, not nothing crazy at all. And honestly, I I'm being really honest with you guys. For many years, uh, for religious reasons, I never gambled for oh, many many years. I heard about that. But but you know. I ain't as uh, religious as I used to be. And I don't know if you guys want to talk about that. We can get into some of that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. 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 That. So yeah. I remember when we were, like, younger and used to do, like, the slides, like, introducing who I'm Mr. Smith, like, beginning of the year. Ah, you remember And then you yeah. showed a photo. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I remember you told us, like, the high school you went to, the college. Uh-huh. You were, like, a football player. Yeah. You showed a, fear, a photo with you with no beard. Yes. That was that my was junior year picture. Yeah, very rare. So I'm, in that picture, I'm younger than you guys are now. I actually thought I was crazy, so I wrote off any questions like those, but something in me felt you were religiously observant, and it was very interesting to me because I also am religiously observant, even oh. though you're not as much into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It would be very interesting for you to tell us a little about that and um, whatnot. Sure, and I I know that you guys gave me a time frame of how long you guys go. Nah, I mean I don't know if you guys want to do some Joe Rogan length um, thing or whatever. <laughs> how much time you guys got? Mm-hmm. But we can make this. I I got a big portion of the day, but I ain't gonna push you guys. So I, it's all up to you guys. You guys, this is your podcast. No, it's music. Nah, it's not music. Yet. Choose how long you want to make it. How in depth? If if you feel like we're going too much on something, you want to verge off, then you let me know. Yeah. All right. But you asked me, all right, so uh, <laughs> I, so when I grew up, I was not, like, really religiously practiced. I mean, I was raised with a religion. I mean, some, some kids are never really raised with any religion. Like, some parents just don't really care at all themselves, so they don't give it to the kid at all. My mom and her parents were religious uh, to a certain extent, Catholics. So I grew up, you know, I went to church on Sundays and things like that, um, and um, I went to CCD, which is like a one day a week after school type of thing uh, where you go to the school and they kind of teach you the basics of uh, Catholicism. Mm-hmm. But I was me and I got to be honest, my whole family was never really practicing. <laughs> it just was we never read the Bible outside of church. We never talked about religious lessons outside of church. Go ahead. You want to say something? No, I was going to say it's just a traditional thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something you, you kind of do. I mean, you go through the steps. You go through the motions. You get your confirmation. You do your communion. Okay. You, know, you show up to a funeral and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, when I went to college, you know, I was talking college is overrated and stuff. I was a horrible student. Mm. Horrible. Um, I was on academic probation after my first semester. I had a 1.4 GPA. I'd gotten into two fights. I had to start going to alcohol counseling through the school and anger management counseling through the school. Wow. And uh, I, was, I was having a rough time. I was very homesick. Um, the school I went to is about two hours away from home. So it's not like I could just go home and have the family support system that was just nearby. Yeah, that um, you were like used to growing up. Correct. So, um, you know, through some friends, I started to learn a little bit about more about religion. Um, and also, you know, I met my wife and I was introduced 
by my wife also through religion. And I started studying religions kind of in general. Um, but I had a bias to um, lean towards Islam a little bit. But there were certain things that made sense from a religious perspective a little bit more. And after studying for a couple months relatively intensely, I became a Muslim. And I was practicing hard for many years. And I say practicing hard like I know my shit, all right? I've given, I've given many sermons standing up in front of like wow. hundreds of people giving a religious talk. No, I'm serious. no I'm wonder he's such a confident speaker. Yeah, we're that's part of it. Yeah, um, but I'm serious though. And you, you can ask like um, you were bringing up one of the teachers before, Mr. Ahmad. He's heard me give religious talks before. You guys don't know the security uh, guard, um, Dominique. He came, he came, I guess after you guys graduated. Uh, I thought you were about to say yeah. chief. Chief, yeah, chief. Oh, oh we're Thunderbird. Chief. Oh yeah, his, How his could we forget? <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait, so you guys were seniors when he was there? Yeah. yeah, like, okay. like yeah. That. I wasn't sure. So he's heard me give lots of speeches and stuff too. Um, but anyway, um, I've, you know, kind of had some doubts over the years and stuff. And one of the things that uh, Thomas was talking to me about and stuff was I try, you know, really hard. Like one of the first things I teach, and maybe you guys remember this, is is how bias can affect how history is recorded. Definitely. Yeah. Not yet. Bias can affect how you view a sports team. Bias how you, can how view you tell a story, how everything. Huh? Like there's two different sides to a story. If at, you le could at least two different sides to yeah. every story, right? You know? Um, so there were certain things pushing me towards um, wanting to believe in religion in general, and especially Islam. And, you know, I haven't really been practicing within like the last year or so. Um, you could say I kind of lost faith, so to speak. I'm not an atheist or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, same. but when I tell you I was super devoted, like it was, you know, like it made up everything of me. Like I was praying five times a day. Sometimes if you guys might have, you know, oh, it's lunchtime. Let's go to Mr. Smith's class. Oh, the, the lights were off? Sometimes well, that, sometimes the lights would be off. That's not wasn't intentional. Uh, they just would turn off after you didn't move or something like that. But sometimes if you didn't find me there, I might be praying in the corner or something like that because I got to get my my five prayers in every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I would always fast Mondays and Thursdays voluntarily. You didn't. It's not something I wow. had to do. But um, yeah. Now one of the things, one of the reasons why I chose it's one of the reasons. I'm still shocked you prayed that much. Like, I didn't even know you prayed. I and you were my teacher. Bro, yeah. and I, dude, some of the prayers, like, Five you got to wake up, like, depending on, see, Muslim prayers are based on when the sun rises and when it sets. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes when the days are longer and the sun rises earlier, you got to get up to pray sometimes four in the morning. Wow. You know, sometimes five in the morning. So, and I had that level of dedication for sure. I mean, no one can question the level of dedication I had. Um, but anyway, I think this is the first time on a podcast I'm talking about this, this type of stuff since... <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're happy. exclusive Not yet, for sure um but uh yeah so that that's that's kind of that um to you might be wondering why did i choose islam i mean there's several reasons like i said you know because my wife who i love is muslim that's one of the reasons that drew me to it but at the time young kid wanting to accept islam and i was like 19 at the time one of the things logically that made more sense was the concept of God in Islam versus Christianity. You're a Christian? Um, I'll get into that after you. Okay. Are done sharing. Most Christians believe in the Trinity. Do you guys even know what I'm talking about? The Holy yes. Trinity, the Father, the, the Son, the Holy Spirit, yeah, the Holy Ghost. If you believe in the Trinity, that means that you believe that Jesus is God. He's the Son of God, but he's also God. 
And, and once I started to actually learn about that and study that, and I started listening to some debates uh, on that, the Islamic perspective made way more sense to me. Hold on. You mean to tell me that Jesus killed himself or that Jesus came down and then he prayed to himself or that God died? <laughs> like a little bit of holes in the story, huh? Yeah. Sure. So I couldn't, um, it was, it would be very hard for me to become a, a Christian at that point. But honestly, religion did help me in many ways. I ain't trying to, that's my goal is not to come here and shit on religion. Religions, I, I would say one of the reasons that kind of helped me get my, my shit together because I ended up graduating college with a 3.8 from Montclair State University with high honors. Wow. Nice. Um, but religion helped instill discipline in me and stuff. I stopped drinking, you know, I stopped partying and doing dumb things and helped me focus on my studies when I was a kid who was very distracted and stuff before then. So, right. Know. I wanted to touch up on that actually because, um, you know, personally to me, I'm one set religion, and I mean, I usually don't even like to share because of the amount of distraction it could bring in a conversation. Mm -hmm. Like you usually tell a person you're one thing, and then there's division, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But really, I can respect every single religion because I feel like there's, you know, in life, there's good, good and bad things to everything. And um, like you said, how you learned discipline from it. I feel that's one of the first things I bring up when a person that's an atheist, for example, asks me what they can get out of spirituality. Um, say example for prayer. Mm -hmm. Sitting down with yourself and being able to go through your mind about what you've done wrong or what you could do better that's very healthy, and most people don't do something like that throughout the day. But that's just one of the positives to spirituality and religion in general. There's so many, and I've actually been reading a book lately called The Perennial Philosophy. Okay. I forget who wrote it. I forget the name of who wrote it again. Uh, I'll get to you on that later, but I recommend it. It's very interesting. It's about a doctor writing about a bunch of different religions. And um, through that, saying how spirituality can be translated in the real world and make people better. It certainly can. And I'm just going to thank you for sharing that. Um, really good insight, Darian. From my perspective, um, listen, I'm sure we've all lied many times in our lives. When you're really religious, if you are genuinely religious the way that I was, if you, so here's one of the ways it, it kind of helped me. If I thought that I could get away with lying to someone about something, I wouldn't do it because I would think even if I can get away and this person or nobody ever finds out that I'm lying, God will still know I'm lying. And that's fucked up. So, like, being religious made me a lot more honest and stuff. Yeah, clear with yourself. Because, you know, you think, oh, God knows everything. So, you know, even if I can get away with this. Or, you know, it teaches you, like, to, you know, respect people and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it def that's one clear way that I think that it, it helped me. So Did it help you, like, gain a peace of mind in the sense that, like, 
I used to have a friend that I used to work with who was like much older. He was like 28, right? And he used to just tell me, he'd be like, oh, I, he was like, yo, one thing I got, I should teach you or I should tell you that I'm, I, he was like 10 years older than me. And he was like, meditate. They don't tell you that when you're younger, you should learn how to meditate. Because as you get older, you really go through bullshit. And it, it, it's good to take a couple of 15, 20 minutes every day, just sit down and just by yourself, just give yourself peace. I would say yes and no for that. To meditate? Uh, no, no, no. Oh. Uh, you, so you started with the peace of mind thing. That, oh. was, your, that was your initial question. Um, and meditate and prayer, you know, kind of the same thing to a certain extent. Um, no, I agree with you that meditating can definitely give you peace of mind. But if I understood your question correctly, did religion give me peace of mind? Was that your question? Or was uh, it more about meditation? More about meditation and praying. How, like, I know they're not the same thing, but, like, kind of similar in the sense that, like, the dedication of that, the like, like Darian was saying, like just you praying and being honest with yourself, giving you time to think, think like just about your day, who you are, mm -hmm. just think on one thought. You yeah. know, you know Tommy, uh, who's that guy? Tommy Chang, like the famous weed smoking dude. He made that movie. You talk about Cheech and Chong? Yeah, Cheech and Chong. Okay. The dude, I was watching a video of him, and he was like, man, uh, he was talking about like spirituality. He was like, you think you could think two thoughts, but you really can't, dude. You gotta think one thought, man. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> Advice from the God. <laughs> um, I, so, yeah, and there is a sense that praying and meditation, you know, helps out. Um, you know, like when I would pray, like, so, like, something, like, you realize when you're religious that there's things that are out of my control. I could try as hard as I want to do this thing or try to accomplish this thing, but you realize, you know, some some things are just out of my control, and I'll ask God for help. And maybe God will help me. And if I don't, then, you know, maybe it wasn't meant for me, you know. Right. And there's there's that kind of thing that gives you peace of mind. Now, what I'm about to say, some people might not want to hear, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Um, so, Love that. so some people nowadays, they claim to be religious. They claim to believe in God, but they don't believe in any specific religion. Well, I just believe in spirituality or whatever. And, you know, any religion's okay. But if you study the history about religion, there's, there's a reason why there were so many wars and stuff based on religious reasons. There's a reason why when the Spanish came and killed all these Native Americans, and the English for that matter, in this country and the Americas for that matter, one of the reasons, and I, told, and I taught you guys this, is because of religious reasons. They were of a different religion. Now, from their perspective, the Spanish perspective, they were thinking... Yeah, but we're saving these people. By converting them, we're saving them from hell. Oh, we're yeah. saving them from hell. So we're actually, by being forceful with them, we're doing a good thing. See, a lot of religions, most mainstream religions, believe in a concept of hell. Yeah. yeah. And they even believe that even if you are of this religion, you can still go to hell. And so to go into your whole peace of mind question... You know, as a Muslim, you realize just because you believe in the correct God, so to speak, or you think that you believe in the correct God, heaven is not guaranteed for you. You still might burn in hell forever. Right. So, I mean, like, maybe this sounds crazy. I, I don't know if this is the kind of vibe you want on nah, this nah, podcast. Nah, 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 I'm just being a straight it. shooter with you guys. Nah, for I sure, I love it. it. So, there were, so there were times when I had a level of distress. Maybe I shouldn't do this thing because I will burn in hell. I, no, I'll give you real real life story. Right. Give you my uh, level of devotion and stuff. And guys, with any religious text or scripture, 
it can be interpreted in different ways by different people. That's why within religions, you have different sects and groups within specific religions. Like there's different groups of Muslims. There's so many different groups of Christians. Um, so anyway, this was the way I understood this one um, Islamic story. I remember my older brother asked me one time, can you pick up my, um, my girlfriend from the airport? Um, I'm working. And he knew I wasn't working. And I told him, I said, I can't do that. I'm not allowed. My religion says I can't be alone with a female that's not, you know, of my family or it's not my wife. Respectfully. Mm-hmm. Now, you s- now, in a way, you <laughs> say, like, hey, listen, there's some wisdom behind that, you know? Like, because the, the, the story goes, according, and this is an Islamic hadith, which I'm not going to explain what that is right now. It's a quotation from the Prophet Muhammad, so to speak. Right. And, it, and the quotation goes like this. If a man and a woman are alone in the same room, Satan is the third person there. Think about it for a moment. You know, yeah. if there was, you know, some it makes sense. some beautiful yeah. woman in here, Darren, it was just you two. The temptation. First, now, now let's say, <laughs> let's say if she was in here while we're recording this with all of us, you'd probably act a little bit different if it was just you two alone. Yeah, maybe, little, maybe a little bit different. A little more funny. I mean, a little less funny. So, so I, I'm not going <laughs> to say like there's not some wisdom to that, but you see, I was practicing my religion so strictly that I didn't want to do something like that because maybe I'll burn in hell if I do something like that. It was my, my thinking at the right. time. But um, I, I look back at that situation, and, I, and I've apologized to my brother for that. I regret that because, you know, you got, I feel like you got to come through for family and stuff. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's always lines, but there's always exceptions to some lines as well, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of complexities in life. But, um, That's for sure. Regarding religion and spirituality <coughs> and the state of today's world, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to speak on the irony behind it, but I feel like there is a lot more atheism today. And as you were saying how religion and spirituality can call for a lot more discipline in someone's life, mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like there's a lot more discipline in how people go about their lives today. You know, there's a lot more irregular things happening. Like, say you go on the news and you hear, you know, it was always that you heard bad stuff on the news, but it's more common now today. So... Where do you think, you know, in the di- regarding the direction that this world is going, that will be in 20 years? You're asking me to predict what's going to happen in the world in 20 years? I mean, like... Like, what do you think the world would be like? It doesn't have to be 20. Be, yeah. Yeah. It it be, yeah, it's just a number. Like, what do you think the, fu- the, the future of us, the youth, will be and how we will evolve? Like, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Because I remember my dad was telling me, because I told my dad I was going to do this with you. And he, I was asking him for, you know, questions like, what do you think you would see? Or what would you, what would you want to hear? And he was telling me, like, oh, because my dad's, like, 55. And I told him, like, oh, like, you're probably, like, 30, 35. I don't know your age. You're, I know you were, like, your 30s. So. 32. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically, my dad had told me, he was, like, oh, I'm 20 years older than him. And he's, like, 15 years older than you so like that's generations of gap when you think about it like you definitely grew up different from when my dad grew up yes. and i'm growing up different from how you grow up mm-hmm. so like 
Yeah, what are, what do you think will be like when my son grows up or your your kid grows up or your grandson? Do you think there's still a chance that humanity can progress or are we going to the dirt? <laughs> Just keep it above. We're going to the shitter. Right. I I see it in both ways. Like, I, sorry, before you no, go. No, go ahead. Like, have you seen this thing my parents told me? It's called, like, um, this new generation is called the crystal generation. You know why they call it crystal? Because they're so fragile that, like, they have no, like, they don't know what it's like to work hard, be... Be like a little bit of disrespect or a little yeah, bit of cancel anything. Yeah, no it. tough love. It's like, yeah. oh my god, I didn't get my my skin for Minecraft or Fortnite, and it's right. like, oh my god, yeah. Everything's much different. Yeah, yes. no, and I think that that is overall negative. I think that that is a very, very, very um, negative way that our, I guess I say world. I mean, I I know this country better than other countries for sure, but right. it seems like it's a, a worldwide wide phenomenon. Um. Listen, on the one hand, so what's making our um, society, overall, I would say technology has been an overall good like the ease for of humanity. Access for them? Huh? Like the ease of access for them? Like how easy is it for them to get it? Yeah, well, I mean, well, just because of certain machines and stuff, we've been able to mass produce food. Mm. Like if you look thousands of years ago, people had to grow their own food or they had to, before that, they had to hunt and gather. You spent your whole day looking for your food. Right. Well, and you Nowadays, go with the food goes, right? Nomadic, I believe it's called. Yeah. Nowadays, people can just go to the grocery store and whatever, and that saves you a hell of a lot of time. So technology has helped humans in that regard. It's, it, it gives them more leisure time off and things like that. Right? We were, I, all right, so this, right now, look at all the equipment we got here. We got phones here. We got a camera here. We got a mixer. We got microphones. All this technology and stuff. Maybe someone somewhere in the world is going to hear this podcast and, and learn something and benefit. So that's an example of technology helping to educate people. So I, I view that as a, a, a overall positive, overall, because there's still some negatives that come with that, you know, like, you know, the rise of cyberbullying. Um, I think overall kids are a little bit more awkward when they talk to people in person and stuff yeah. Yeah. as a result of everyone just, you know, communicating online and stuff. But to what you were saying, people are getting softer. People are getting way softer. And what, what scares me about that, and this is something that, I didn't do with you guys in class, but I've been doing the past several years is one of the debates I do is should we have laws against hate speech in this country? And the reason why I do that is we got the First Amendment. The First Amendment says that people have the freedom of speech, right? The freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Does hate speech violate the First Amendment? My honest opinion is no, it doesn't. Hate speech, we should not have laws against hate speech. And I, if we can go into a whole big detail about that, but... Hate speech is subjective. What you might think is free speech, I might think is hate speech. Oh, he insulted my religion. Oh, well, that's hateful. It's my religion. It's my culture. It's my people. He shouldn't be able to say that. But he's just saying, no, this is my opinion. I'm just expressing my opinion. But see, right. the studies show that more and more people, these young, fragile people, support hate speech laws. They want to do away with the First Amendment. But if I'm being honest, the First Amendment is one of the best things about this country. It's one of the things that made America great. It's one of the reasons why people left other countries and wanted to come here. They wanted to be able to believe in whatever they wanted to believe in and say whatever they wanted to say without getting in trouble. Yeah. Like yeah. in, in Colombia, my dad tells me, like, you protest, you're dead. Like, you for real go on the street, middle of the night. My dad told me, he was like, if I were in Colombia, I would be dead by now because I would have been protesting. I'm like, damn. Yeah, there's a lot more um, control in other countries. Yeah, like you rebel, it's over for you. We're just killing you. 
Yeah, and and then so going back to the future and optimism and things like that, um, because people want to give more power to the government. See, I don't like giving power to the government. No, government restricts your freedom. Mm-hmm. The more power you give them, and they want more power. So, and especially look at what happened this past year and a half. There was a crisis, right? Rahm Emanuel, the former chief of staff of Barack Obama, he said, "Quote." Never let a good crisis go to waste. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Politicians and people in the government, they like when a crisis happens. Well, I don't want to say they like when a crisis happens, but when a crisis happens, they use it to their advantage because people are scared. People say, oh, government, come and help me. Come and save me. Protect me. <laughs> and they want to give, give the government more power. Wait, can I ask you what that voice was? <laughs> like, what were you trying to mimic there? And that was me mimicking a soft person. Oh, okay, that was good. You we're, got talk, that. we're talking about soft people. No, so. Yeah. So, um, they wanna, and, and so, look, now we're talking about vaccine passports and stuff. Yeah. And, they, and shit, I don't even know if I could say this without getting this taken off YouTube for saying something like that. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll just say passports. I won't use that V word. Um, anyway, like, you can't travel. You can't. Think about this for a moment. They're saying, well, we care about your health. There's a public health crisis out there. We care about your health. We don't want the germ to spread. So we're going to protect you by not letting you go somewhere if you don't have a passport. Think about that for a moment. They will stop you going from, to the gym. The gym is a place where you can go to get healthy. What is the, one of the best ways to fight against this germ? Working out. Exercise. Working yeah. out and being healthy. Mm-hmm. But they right. won't let you go there if you don't have this. They'll give you a donut to take the shot <laughs> in some places. Did you hear about or, this? Or like yeah, fries or yeah, like yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah, a, the a burger the or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in some places. It's very hypocritical. Prom- promoting unhealthiness. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We probably shouldn't go too much into depth. Was that like your last straw when they closed the gym down? <laughs> You're like restaurants, theaters, you can keep that. But gym, fuck no, it's over. <laughs> oh, man. I never supported any of it from the beginning, man. I mean, listen, I ain't going to lie. There was a nice aspect of it for a little while, not having to get up and go to work. Like, it was nice for a little while. Like, you know, te- but then you get too comfortable. my jammies and yeah. stuff. But, I mean, even this whole, the whole year, this whole past school year, was mostly just at home. And I didn't have that connection with the students. Like, no, yeah. like I feel so bad for students. You know what I mean? Like, you really lose that as That's a student. That's terrible, especially being no, yeah, a senior. Like, I know we were saying yeah, not every teacher is, like, the best teacher. But you do, like, m- being a student, not going to school for that year, you miss that chance of connecting with that one out of ten teacher. Yeah, whether knowing, like, if that teacher really is good. Or you never know what that teacher could have done for you, what you could have done for him. I've talked to teachers where I've helped them. You for know. real, for real. Like, they tell me personal shit, I guess, because, like, I could talk to them. And I give them advice, like, oh, I think this is what you should do moving forward on, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like you said uh, at the beginning of this video, I really wasn't a, that good of a student at all, ever in my time in school, but the experiences that I was able to take from it made me and will continue to make me the person I am today. So I'm thankful for that. And kids not being able to experience things face to face. Especially really young kids. Yeah, online is terrible because there's a big difference between reality and reality through a screen huge difference yeah not to mention 
I wasn't even able to basically force kids to turn their screen on. I wasn't able to give them a bad grade if they didn't have their screen on. So most kids, naturally, I'm home. I don't want to get dressed. I'm keep my camera off. Right. So if so many kids kept the camera off the whole time, there's no way I can force them to keep it on. Can't mark a kid absent or something like that. So there's many kids I barely ever saw their face. Like there are some kids like I might know the name, but I can't picture their face right now. That's crazy. Because I didn't, I didn't really see them all year. That's ridiculous. Like, did you really teach? I mean, I tried. Like, uh, I mean, like I tried really. And certain kids that were into it, I feel like, you know, they got a pretty good amount out of it. I mean, there there is one positive I'll say to it. Um, and that is that there was like less distractions in the classroom. Yeah. Like sometimes you're trying to teach. And, like, some kids will be a little loud and distract other kids. So, like, sometimes they might distract the kid who really wants to learn. So, like, the, the kids who really wanted to learn online, they weren't distracted by other kids. Right. That was, like, I would say probably the only positive. And the other positive being, like, it saved me time. My day was a lot shorter, so I was sleeping better and stuff. But <laughs> overall, I would say it was um, a negative. And uh, that whole thing, that whole um, spiel we just went into about virtual schooling mm -hmm. it leads perfectly into another question i really wanted to ask um especially that we just talked about uh where society is heading in retrospect i'd say one of humanity's more controversial inventions is definitely social media do you think we would be better without it altogether or like, do you think the pros outweigh the cons or the cons outweigh the pros with social media? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I don't know that I have a good answer, <laughs> and I'm just going to flesh some of my thoughts out on both sides. Yeah. Especially for really young people, I think that social media can be, it can be good, but it can also be very problematic. Here's the thing that everyone needs to understand about social media. And it should be really obvious to people. Social media is a highlight reel for people. Think about it. People almost always just post about the positive things in their life. I'm not saying nobody never posts about any negative stuff in their life. But overwhelmingly, I would say 90-something percent of people's posts is, oh, look at this cool vacation I went to. Like the highlights. We talked about that last episode. Yeah. So. Exactly. I didn't listen to that, too. So I'm, I'm not trying Soon to steal too. someone's point or whatever. <laughs> nah, nah, go ahead. But, but as a young kid, you see this and you think, my life sucks. My life is terrible. I'm not doing these cool things. Because you think that that person is on a fucking boat every day. Right. Like all these girls posting these pictures of them. Oh, I'm on a boat. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You think, oh, this person's <laughs> always on a boat. And, you know, or they're meeting some cool celebrity. And like, oh, this person's always hanging out with these cool celebrities. Or no. they must be right. making bank. They must have this, this, and the third. They must have everything. But they. Really yeah. Or, yeah. Some of these kids post like a, them with a stack of money. I'm like, oh, he's got <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> Dude, that might not even be his money. That might be his uncle's money or something yeah, like that. Like, he's just posing right. with a picture. Like before you came, Kevin had texted me. He was like, oh, I just held. 160,000k in cash and I'm like how he was like because his dad does real estate so he paid for it in cash wow <laughs> so he was like that I was like yeah just give your dad your money back <laughs> that's funny that's crazy though right no yeah, yeah. so um, so kids uh, and it's not just kids too older people also fall for this trick too you you think and, and that can be that can lead to a sense of depression or you know you think oh my life sucks definitely. but at the same time social media like how many 
like you guys probably have virtual friends and people who you've met who don't even live anywhere close to here who are really cool people. Oh my God. I have stories. One time I was in New York and I was like just dead ass in Manhattan. It was like two o'clock in the morning. I think my phone was like about to die and I was with my friend and then the girl's phone was almost about to die. But luckily we both had knew this dude who lived like in Harlem or like in the Bronx. And we were like on, we were like in Times Square, like Penn Station, 34th Street. And the last train to Elizabeth had just left. So I had to wait till like six, five, four and five in the morning. You know what I mean? And at the time, I think I was like 13 or 15. No, I'm more like 15. And then this dude just came and took me to his house. And he was my boy. And he literally let me sleep over. He was like, yo, just be quiet. My mom is sleeping. She doesn't know. So just go quick into the room. And I walked into the room. His like little brother's playing video games. He's like, oh. Who are these people? <laughs> and it was just like, he was like, yo, like, you can sleep. And I never met this guy. Barely talked to him. See, I'm glad that worked out well for you. Yeah, First, but, before anything. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I had, like, it turned it, out bad. we kind of right. had a little bit of mutual, <laughs> we kind of had like mutual friends. So I was on the whim. And it's not like I, I knew what he looked like. We had FaceTimes. And I was like, fuck it. Like, what would, I, what would I rather be? Crying? It's like, you know that crying? Like, would you rather cry right. in a Nissan or in a Rolls Royce? <laughs> would I rather cry in the streets of 30, 34th Street right. or would I cry in this, my boy's house? Definitely in my boy's house. I'm and then sorry. He, he walked me around. He did not <laughs> let me be alone. He was like, Yo, you guys can be with me. You guys are, you know, I'm going to take care of you guys for the night. And then we just woke up early and left back home. Nice. So social media allows you to be a lot more, thank you for sharing that story, a lot more selective with who your friends are and who you want to spend time with. And people who have similar interests to you. You know, think about it. We've all been in these dumb situations, whether it be some kind of family party where you got to see some distant family members that you might not care about as much or, you know, and there's just like a bunch of people around who maybe they don't understand you well. They're just not your type of people, but you just have to be around them. But like back in the day, you know, generations ago and stuff, those were the only people that, you know, you could be around. It was, it was harder, but nowadays it makes it easier for you to self-select people that have certain interests and stuff. Or to find people. Or right. to find people and to learn a whole bunch of stuff. And I mean, there's a ton of people, whether it's history, politics, or um, football, I would not know as much as I know about these topics if social media didn't exist and I didn't find these people. So I want to say overall, I think it's more of a positive thing, but like with any other thing, it's a tool and it matters how you use it. Right. It's like a knife. Like a knife could be used to make an awesome meal, but it can also be used to kill people. You know. Right. So, to each their own. Always, I say. Facts. It's it all depends on how you use it. I was just say, telling my friend about this the other day that I actually feel a huge reason everybody's so sensitive, like you say today, or so much more sensitive, is because social media kind of unnaturally puts together a bunch of different communities. So like say the other day, for example, um, an artist, I'm not gonna say who, because it's very controversial, but an artist said something that ticked a lot of people off. And usually if you're in the right neighborhood, you'll hear things like this every day. Cause that's just the, the usual. That's just the, the norm. Right, the mindset that people walk with sometimes. Uh, you know, they're not really worried about accommodating to the people that would get hurt by those statements. Mm. And you'll notice a lot of the people that tended to be very bothered by those statements 
where people that wouldn't be anywhere near those neighborhoods you would usually hear that. You know what I'm saying? So, say in Elizabeth, for example, um, we're in the ghetto. We're in the ghetto. So, a lot of times... So, you're talking about white liberals were the people that were up in arms about this statement? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's no shock. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying what the artist said was generally acceptable, especially today. But what's wrong is wrong is when what's right is right to me. If somebody says something really ignorant around me, I'll just be like, this idiot. You know what I'm saying? In my head. Mm-hmm. But the... um the white liberal that you brought up <laughs> will not be as accustomed to hearing that level of ignorance. So they'll be quicker to say, Cancel, he's canceled, he's canceled, he's this, he's that, he's that, he's that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, that sucks. That sucks. But, you know, like you said, there's also a lot of positives to social media. The fact that you can connect with people, you can see different things. You know, even if um, this was really a bad thing that the person said, other people that aren't really accustomed to hearing it are still hearing it at the end of the day. They're still becoming in some way more accustomed to different uh, social settings. Mm -hmm. And that's cool because uh, it teaches people more at the end of the day. You know, like... um, You'll notice, especially in the past year, that a lot of African-American culture, the African-American culture, was more normalized and put out on the Internet Mm -hmm. because of everything that happened and whatnot. And I feel like that's beautiful. That's just one of the many pros to social media. Mm -hmm. There's so much different pros and cons, though which is what's really interesting about it. You want to talk about cancel culture? I will definitely talk about cancel culture if you want to talk about cancel culture. Going back to, we were talking about free speech a little bit and stuff. Um, right. The best way to combat bad speech, and I don't even know what, I don't know who the artist was. I'm not going to ask because I don't think you want to say. I don't know what the statement was. Um, so I won't ask, but... Um, so there is this idea that peop- we should cancel people now. The, oh, people are irredeemable if they say this thing or if this, you know, pe- some people wanted to cancel the Jets quarterbacks because he liked like a, he liked the tweet from Donald Trump from like years ago like, oh you know, when he was like a teenager. Um, but there's this type of culture like, oh, we need to get this person fired or we need to dox their address because they said something that's ooh unforgivable. Imagine how much more you're going to radicalize. Per- Let's say if a person is a radical, you get them fired from their job. You think that's going to make them say, oh, oh, I did wrong. I did wrong. Or you think that's going to make them double down and make them go further into double their down. radical beliefs. Yeah. Exactly. It's, so like, the best it's like playing fire with fire. Exactly. Right. The best way to, to combat bad speech is with good speech, to have genuine arguments and debates and conversations like this. You know, some people think that, oh, uh, oh, if a, if a conversation is, I, they said some inappropriate things, their video should be taken off YouTube or something like that. What? No, this is how people learn and stuff. If you don't like what they said, don't listen to them or, you know, de- engage in a debate with them and try to maybe c- convince them. And most people 
if you debate them, most pe- it is true, most people don't get convinced because you debate them. But right. there are some cases where they are, you know? Yeah. So. Or they'll see your point of view more across. Yeah. If yeah. If you can't talk to someone else, how are you honestly going to learn what their perspective is on something? Right. No, no cap. I, I think I learned that from like just living in Elizabeth. Like the other day, I had, I've been telling them, I'm like, yo, Elizabeth, when you think about it, it's like th- three times the size of Linden. Think about that. Elizabeth has over 120,000 people, almost 130,000. Right. Probably Elizabeth not. has so many neighborhoods. It's like you really got like a white Jewish neighborhood. You got the hood. You got the Hispanics. We just need Asians, really. And then we got like a fucking melting pot. But (laughs) like you really do see it all in Elizabeth. Like even going to the high schools, like every high school is so different. So much different things. Like you really go to one high school, one high school, and it could be one way. You go to a different high school, a different way. And it's if, you know what I mean? You fuck with it or you don't. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, but the good thing about, like my point is being in Elizabeth is you get to see it all. In some places, you only get one thing, and that's what you grow up with, and that's your mentality. But I don't know. I just feel like I'm, we're kind of blessed to have that. Definitely. It was, it was very different for me because I moved into Elizabeth relatively late. For me, it was eighth grade. And I spent the rest of my life, the earlier parts of my life, in a dominantly... What's the what's the smart word? You're for not white gonna town? offend me. It's just white people. Uh, no, I I was just I was thinking of the YouTube uh, viewers, but um, yeah, dominantly white town. Yeah, and it taught me a lot about different social settings, especially because you know I spent my life trying to get cool with when I was I spent my childhood trying to get cool or accepted by the white kids. And then when I had to, when I felt like I was finally accepted, I had to move to Elizabeth. And that was a little different. Yeah, it was a lot different. It's like literally the opposite. <laughs> but it worked out in the end. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, you learn from trials if you let yourself. So I was, I feel like I'm able to talk to more people now because of it. Uh, I definitely had somewhat problems with sociality in general that I'm still working on but it's nice to be able to see both sides of the coin I was also going to ask you like I know you had mentioned before you got the award so like I know when you said you taught when you were teaching for us that you felt like this is what you said that you felt like you weren't a good teacher to us yeah no, yeah I got it but I was going to ask you what, like what progress did you make to get that award for, by the way, guys, you've got the teacher of the year right next to us. No biggie. <laughs> but like, yeah, what do you think you like, what do you think you did to make yourself get that award or, you know what I mean? Um, it was, it was done by the people, like the students picked it. So you had to have done something right by the people. Yeah. They saw. So, so here, here's how I'll answer it. Like I was telling you guys before, I think that I always kind of excelled in, connecting with the students i mean i don't think it's any surprise why i'm here with you guys you asked me to come here for a reason there was at least some type of connection there right you didn't think i was totally boring or whatever anything like that so i always kind of excelled in that area but if i'm being honest i was a terrible student when i was younger so my history knowledge and strategies and teaching methods weren't there yet when i had you guys but after years of, you know, you were talking about, you know, trials. Mm-hmm. Teaching is trial and error. This thing sucked. This thing didn't work. Throw it out. Do something different next year. 
right? So it takes, okay, this did work. Like teaching uh, methods? Yeah, this teaching method did work. Let me use this again. And not only will I use it again, I'm going to find a way to do it a little bit better. Right? Like, so when I had you guys and we did those trials at the end of the year, like, that was like the first year I was doing it. But, like, I've built on them every year and, and made them a little bit better. And I've done more research about those respective topics and things like that. So, and I think that I even continued to be better and better at interacting with students. I've begun to learn more about the culture of Elizabeth. I always tried to pick up on the students' language and their slang. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? So after, you know, using certain words and things like that and just, like, you know, cracking little jokes and stuff. What's, like, what word you learn? Like, your favorite slang word? Don't ask that favorite on slang? The I don't know. But one, one word that's kind of, it's not the favorite, but one's kind of, oh, he's aggy. Oh, it's Mr. It's brick in here. <laughs> it would be brick in your room. No facts. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it would, but I get hot, man. I wish it was brick in here right now because right now it is hot <laughs> as hell. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't hear that. Don't, don't listen to that. <laughs> um, so, uh, learning more and refining teaching methods, like, I always, I always kind of had the connection with the students, but then I had the connection and then I had the strategies. Like I think early on students kind of liked me, but they didn't respect me as much because they didn't see me as like, oh, he really knows what he's talking about. But as the years went on, I think like, they'd be like, oh, Smith, he, know, he actually knows about this. Or like a student, it's much more likely nowadays that a student will see something in the news, political something, and come to me outside of class and be like, yo, Smith, I want to get your idea about this. Smith, how do you feel about that? Because they feel like I actually know something about it and, and give them a better answer. But that took, like, you know, time and research and studying and stuff. So, I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question, but. No, definitely. Yeah, we're uh, yeah for sure. Like, my bad for cutting no. off, bro. Like, for my personal experience, like, this is the same teacher that, like, got on top of the desk or, like, got on top of the chair to, like, get our attention and shit <laughs> like that. And, like, like I, yo. Yeah, like, I, yo, I, like, honestly, I would love, like, going to your class. You know, I, would lo I looked forward going to your class, you know? You get me? Like, I would love, that's why I love debating. Like, even when, like, you know how there were some people who were shy who didn't want to debate? And I would mm -hmm. tell you, like, oh, let me take their spot. Like, I'll do it for them. I don't care. Or, like, oh, let me write the questions. I'll do it. I don't care. Like, because I loved going to your class, you know? Like, you made it fun. You made history fun for me, personally. And Thank that, you. That's I why I love that. going to that class. I appreciate that, yeah. man. And uh, that's crazy because I think we were talking about it before earlier, right? Like, um, Johnny brought up... Well, Johnny inspired me to ask this question. Where do you feel you lack as a teacher? There are still certain spots of history. I mean, here's the thing. Nobody can be an expert in any given topic. There's just too much shit out there. There's no way that you can, like, so there are certain still spots of history where I'm not as good as, as, teach, as teaching it. Like, if I were, to, I, I've only taught US 2 for like two years, which is like more modern American history. I really want to yeah. teach it again because I've been studying it a lot lately and I want to teach it better, but. I've only taught it for two years, so like if I if I if they tell me to teach US two next year, which I'd be happy to do, I'm going to be lacking in that area too because I don't know some of those topics as well, and I also haven't been, you know, teaching it as long, so I I I have have less trial and error doing that. So, um, yeah. By the way, when you're talking and then you were talking, it made me think of something. So you talked about the word use the word inspire. Yeah. And you talked about how I made you interested in my class. And so when I gave um, a speech 
for when I got Teacher of the Year. Oh, they, they made you get a speech? Yeah, yeah. I could send it to you guys if you want. Um, so one of the things I said to the graduating class was um, the way that I kind of view my job is I'm in the inspiration business rather than the information business. Like, there's some teachers that hit you a whole bunch of facts. This happened on this day, and this person did this on this day, and blah, 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 blah. But a lot of kids are just really bored by something like that. <clears throat> there might not be a lot of topics that I cover or whatever, but I try to get students interested to inspire them a little bit. Just get them a little bit interested in history. I, didn't, I found this interesting. You told me you're interested in history. I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, I played a little bit of a role in that. I don't know. It was a secret. <laughs> but if I, can, if I can inspire a kid, if I can just make them just somewhat interested in history, they can teach themselves about history way more than I could ever teach them in a classroom because my time is so limited and stuff. I only have so much time with them. But history and studying is something you've got to do for your whole life. You will never know everything, but it's something you do your whole life. So if I can, if I can inspire them to get interested in it and to think it's important, then they'll study it at least somewhat their entire life. And that's kind of what I tried to do, it was just inspiring them a little bit. I don't know. That's great. Very respectable. How do you, um, just a little uh, information. By the way, I'm happy you're talking more now. You were silent for a while. No, 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 I'm sorry. Um, how do you call this? Uh, just a little information. My sister uh, just graduated eighth grade, she's going to AOS, so you're probably going to see her. Oh. I probably nice. won't have it for two years. But it's weird. Oh, wait, you're going to do junior year? I, I usually have sophomores. Oh, no, yeah, so yeah, I probably sure. I probably won't have her next year, but no, no, I, I know. I'm just saying, and like you're gonna have her for sure. Probably. Well, hopefully they might they, they might transfer. You know. I hope they will. For real, they better. They not. should be doing it, dude. That would one, suck. Dude, one year. You guys were uh, you were definitely still in the building. You guys must have been juniors at the time, I think. Yeah. No, no, no. You've been seniors. Your senior year. Um, I. I was teaching for like two months at the time. This was probably like maybe like mid-October or something like that. Uh, I got a I got a text from the principal. I won't say the principal's name. Um, not that it's anything bad. Thank God for the principal. Um, and the principal said, "Come see me in my office when you get to work." So I did. And the principal asked me, "Did you request a transfer?" I said, no. And then the principal was like, do you want a transfer? And I was like, no. And the principal was like, well, I got an email saying that you're being transferred to Edison, effective today. Oh. It's like, what? I already been teaching for like two months to these people. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know how like the NBA players get drafted and they find out on Twitter? That's kind of how like, it was. You were like, fuck. Oh, they got traded or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So I had to go to Edison for one day and teach kids at Edison. But then I contacted people in the union, and they contacted some people, and thankfully we were able to get it reversed. Right. So you know people. That's what I mean. You know people that know people. <laughs> no, I, I know people that know people, and, 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 I, and I'm very grateful to everyone who fought on my behalf because, I mean, listen, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be where I was, and you know, I'm comfortable where I'm at, so I, I'm thankful that that whole thing got resolved. Right. But yeah, they can just transfer you on the dime like that. That's Because right. they literally did it to me while a school year was already underway. Wow. You still have to sit in the room right now. Uh, yeah, but um, we're expanding the uh, autism program, and they, those kids need their own room, so I might lose my classroom. I mean, 
might have to like share a room, maybe with Ronalds, but I'm not sure. Man, how is it? how is the teachers there? Ronalds is good. I mean, did you guys you guys saw him when he lost all his weight, right? No. No. What? We should have called him in here. <laughs> <laughs> he lost a ton of weight. I mean, he he did put a little bit back on, but not nearly what it was. He lost a lot of weight. No, no different. Food 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 eating good yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so he's doing pretty well. Um, most of the teachers, I would say, are still there. Any of them transferred? Like, um, I don't know if they want to put their business out there and stuff, but um, did you guys have Miss Fiala? Oh, I, I, I know of her. Angel had her. Okay. Yeah, she um, she took a, like a supervisor position or something like oh. that in a different school district. So really? she's not even in Elizabeth anymore. Wow. Um, there might be like a couple other people. Um, Dee's probably retiring. Uh, he's probably retiring. This is, that was probably his last oh, year. Oh, oh shit. I never had him. I, I just wish I had him. Did you did deep? You I did not. No, I, 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 I came here sophomore year. Uh, that okay. sophomore year with you was my first time. I think I'm the only one that had him. Did you have him? I was actually an Edison freshman year. And that's why I made such a sound when you told me you were going to Edison. Because it wasn't my cup of tea. It was not my cup of tea. I swear. It, I was really happy in it was. It was so much different. And I like how small it was, too. Yeah, and it's getting, I will say it's getting bigger. I mean, it's, it's sticking more and more kids in there. I, I remember when we left, it was like three classes. And yeah, like, we're, like, I heard like, yeah, when, when, when we, we came first got there, there it, was, it was like, you know, it was still in like the 200s for a period of time. Yeah. Right. Now they're pushing like probably over 400 something students. The school's not even that big. Yeah, one of the things the students are complaining about is how packed the hallways get. Oh, oh my God. Remember how you seen for us? I feel bad for them. Yeah, they were getting bad when you were like junior or senior. Nah, yeah, it was getting bad when we were junior Like, it, the, I remember the crowds were so bad, there would be a fight, and like the crowds would, like, would be used to like block teachers off. <laughs> type shit, you know what I mean? By the way, I think, I, have, I, think I hold the record for breaking up the most fights. Really? There's been more fights after we left? Dude, um, I think it was, what was it, two years ago. It was two years ago, there was a ton of fights. And, you know, I, I think it was even somewhat gang-related or whatever. I think that was our senior year. I remember our senior year, we did, there was a lot. But I don't know, maybe after we graduated, it got worse. My junior year, I remember being in a lot of fights. Like, do you remember Darren being in a lot of fights? Or hearing that he was in a lot of fights? I was more undercover cat. Were you in that one big brawl? Yeah. I, okay. was, in a, I was in, like, two big brawls. Was that the day we had the lock-in? No. Uh, uh, that was a different year. I, I remember seeing a video. I wasn't there to break that one up. Yeah. No, I think you're lucky I wasn't. I wasn't random. <laughs> got to rough you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I was also going to ask you about this, because speaking of Aronovitz, it was way different him. So I have a question, right? I remember you used to be a Are you still a big workout dude? Like, you still go to the gym? I remember yeah, I'm going to go as soon as I leave here. Because I remember he called me, and he was like, oh, I couldn't talk to you about the gym. I don't go on the phone, and I'm on the gym. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> Nah, listen, he's not even telling you the whole story. I called him before, and he's like, he's like, hold on, man. I, I, he's like, first of all, I keep calling him, and it's just straight to voicemail. Oh, because I got to do another serve. That's because we were setting up for the girls. Because you called me right before I set up with the girls. Right. So I'm like, oh, perfect timing. He's like, I'm, I'm in the, who is this? I'm in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad. Oh, yeah, so I, I waited for him for a while. Like, I was waiting in the parking lot before I started my workout. This guy said he's going to call me back soon. He said he's going to call me back soon. And I was like, oh, I can't wait around. Right. <laughs> but, um, all right, I'm going to give you this. Let's say John. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I still um, I work out a good amount and stuff. I mean, listen, 
I'm not one of these crazy guys that takes a whole bunch of supplements and stuff. I mean, there was a point in time, like when I was early on in my college years, where I was like really strict on what I was eating and stuff. And I still, I still watch what I eat, but like, like if you want to be like a bodybuilder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, count your calories. Yeah, and like really watch what you're eating, and a lot, of, a lot of bodybuilders not all take steroids and things like that. And I mean, it's a whole lifestyle to like do that. I, I work out and I, I do it intensely and stuff, but. You know, I don't, I'm not that crazy like some of those guys. You ever get scouted at the gym? Like some dude's like, hey, like a hey, big guy. How long you been here? <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or like ask you for advice? Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Hey, how do you do this? Or, you know, wish I could like, eat when I you know, do this like crap. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, I never forget, like, used to like watch over my class for lunch, right? And it used to be like me, Christian, uh, Sebastian, and Piero. And we used to always see you like reading a book on your phone and just doing 40 pound weight, just like curls. He's. The book part is true. He's making up the weight crap. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I wasn't curling. Because we used to do it like fucking around because obviously we weren't looking 40, weight, uh, 40 pound weights. And then you just would, like come over and be like, yeah, what the fuck are you guys doing? With the shit pro. And then. Oh, like, uh, well, okay, so. You made it sound like I was just in my spare time. Right. Not sometimes. Cause after that, then you sometimes I see you casually pick up a wedding. No, 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 no. He's, here's another <laughs> slang word I learned from Lizzie. He's capping. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no, but I did arm wrestle people in the one. I remember. <laughs> I've never, I've never lost to a student ever. As you should, I would hope. <laughs> no, but some of these, you know, like, like for example, like Enrique, some of these big football players, like oh, Enrique is a lot yeah. bigger than me and stuff, but I put it, I put him, his big ass down in the second. <laughs> I was playing basketball with him the other day, actually. I'm like, yo, how much do you squat? Because he's just pushing me around and shit. I'm like, damn, man. He's soft, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him I said that. All right. Hope but, he's doing well. But uh, what is your favorite day? My body part is my favorite to work out. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite. It's definitely not chest. I know that's a lot of people say chest. Really? Yeah. I like the like, bench press and things like that. My chest is actually one of my weaker body parts. Um, I, I probably would say legs, but I got bad knees, so sometimes I have problems squatting sometimes. Um, maybe shoulders. I have strong shoulders, so I probably say shoulders. Oh, okay. If Johnny had to go, on, if he was going to go on another vacation right now, what would you advise him to do? If he was like, I gotta get fit. You gotta start eating better, bro. <laughs> oh shit. Nah, uh, and I don't want to embarrass him. Either. No, it's okay. We give you permission. Well, your core's lacking a little bit. Your core area. What's wrong? Beer belly. Your core. Oh my core. Yeah, yeah. So first, you gotta learn what the core is. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm lacking in that too. The biggest way to, you know, kind of get that in better shape is just eating better, mm-hmm. you know, more so than working out. You know, there's this old expression, which how true is it? I think it's at least somewhat true that 70 percent of your abs is what you do in the kitchen and 30 percent is in the gym. Something along I those think that's lines. super true. It's it, I mean, there's definitely a lot of truth to it is the exact percentage. Yeah. Nah, yeah I mean, but. But definitely, if you want abs or to have like a, a fit torso area, it matters way more how you're eating versus what you're working out in the area. Yeah, I guess we're in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. We're in New York now. Madison Ave. <laughs>
what you call no, it. Yeah, but um, now that you were onto that, like I I want to lose some uh, some of the the weight, but like I don't like you know, I don't want I don't like what um, you don't like doing the actual work. I don't like I don't, no not that. Like what what home <laughs> workouts would you think I should do? So you're saying you don't want to go to the gym and you'd rather just work out at home? No, yeah, that's usually what I do. Like that's what I, that's what I've been doing recently, like just working out at home. You know, doing sit ups. Well, let there, me ask like, you a question. Why don't you like going to the gym? I mean, is it you are, are, are be honest with me? Are you intimidated by other people? Nah, They're stronger no, than no, you. No, no, it's not really that. To be honest, um, I never really seen myself going to the gym. That and on top of that, like I don't want to do like um, like what would you say? Curl ups. The curl ups. I, I don't want to work on my my or my arms. Why? You know? Why? I, I just don't see myself being like you know. You don't have to be super, you know, Hulk Hogan, twenty four inch biceps or anything like that, but. You know, even if you start doing a little bit, it's going to start to tone up a little bit. Like, you know, like, like I'm looking at you right now. Like, don't you want like a, just like, you know, like a little bit of definition or something? No, I don't care for that. You don't? I don't. I, all I want to do is just like work like what you said on my core. Like, that. so like, I mean, obviously I know you said about the eating. Yeah, that's the, the big, that's the biggest thing you got to work about and stuff. I mean, home workouts, there's a bunch of good things and stuff. But the reason why I'm trying to encourage you to go to the gym is just from a motivation standpoint, it's going to help you out. Yeah, when, how long have you been going? Sorry to cut you off. I, I've been working out since I was in eighth grade. So what the hell? Talk about dedication. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Right. Yeah, I started working out to you know you play football. You got to work out, and oh, okay. I was on the football team. And someone said, "Hey, why don't you start coming to the gym?" And I was like, "Okay." So I started working out at the high school gym, and then you know just it, now it's just like a habit at this point. Like you know, like I'm like the type of person like if I take too many days off, you start to feel antsy and stuff. I need you know. You feel really mentally good when you work out, too. It's not just from the physical perspective, too. It's really good for, like, your endorphins and things like that. It's but, um, flowing. Absolutely. But um, the reason why I'm saying go, you, if you go to the gym, you're going to get ideas about different exercises to do. And whether it's the music going you're, and you seeing other people doing good things, it's going to motivate you to work out harder. If you're home, oh, you got the kitchen right there. Oh, you got the couch right there. Mm. You're going to be more likely to slack off. I'm not saying you can't get good home workouts. It's just I think it's harder for most people, and that's one of the biggest reasons why. Not that you – I mean, you can get – even with, like, little amount of equipment, you can get a good workout at home. But from a motivation perspective – like, dude, during the pandemic, I bought a, a good amount of workout equipment, and I was working out at home. And, you know, I was maintaining and stuff, and it was okay. I'm glad I had it. But as soon as the gym started opening up, I, it was no question I was going to go back. <laughs> You know, now you, I, what, what gym do you go to? I go to the place in uh, Menlo Park Mall. Oh, really? It's called Jersey Strong. It's okay. It's nothing special. <laughs> uh, well, uh, do, I, I don't know if teaching was your dream job, but like what was when you were growing up? What do you what did you want to be? I didn't I can't answer that question for you because I didn't I was one of these kids that didn't really put that much thought into it. I mean, like, like you, you never wanted to be like you have different dreams and things like that. Um yeah, like you know, like I would have loved to have been a football player, but I at least knew I was never going to be that good. I knew I would never be that good enough to be a football player. I'll say this. Um, my first year of college, I wanted to be an actor. Really? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I, I, I did you take taking, like acting classes? I, I did take a couple theater classes and stuff, and I, I, I wasn't in theater or anything when I was in high school. And all the people in my theater classes were like theater majors. Like these were kids that did high school plays growing up and things like that they were part of the theater program at the college and stuff mm -hmm. so this was like their major and stuff and i gotta be honest i was better than a good amount of them and i was just getting started um but you know i kind of realized i got to the point where 
I, to be an actor, like it's hard. It's really hard. Like if unless you're really, really, really good, like you're one of the elites, and you need it's gonna luck. Be, it's going to be yeah. You need to catch a lucky break and things like that. So I kind of got to the point where I wanted to get married and stuff. Okay, let me get a real job type of thing. But would you ever do, let's say, one day you get financial freedom, you know, you're a little bit older. Would you ever reconsider picking that back up? Dude, I, I do think about it from time to time. I really do think that I, I could do it. Um, in, do like, we, like like weekend classes or something to just keep it like yeah, in the maybe, back of your mind? Yeah, maybe. It might take a backseat now, but you might you know have to open the door and put that bitch in the front. <laughs> you never I, I, know. I, I never close the door on that. I mean, it's something I would certainly like to try, dude. Let me tell you a true story too. If I get rich, I'll push you in my big movie. I don't know if I told you guys the story before. Is um, back when I was working security in college. This is probably 2012, 2013. Imagine you did. Uh, I put it back on. Okay, so the story I was telling. Sorry about that. Um, the story I was telling was. Keep going. I'm so I was in college. This was like 2012, 2013. I was working security. Um, so working security was like a pretty good job while in college because I used to work a lot of night shifts and I could do my college work while I was at work. Um, so anyway, uh, so I got a call from my boss, security guard. He's like, hey, Kyle, um, I got an interesting call. True TV called us. What? And they're looking to hire two security guards for the day. I was like, um, okay. He's like, you want to take the job? I was like, sure. What am I going to be doing? He's like, they want they want two security guards to play as police officers during their show. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I arrive on set, and it's for this TV show called Caught Red-Handed on True TV. And I get there early. I'm talking with the producers, and they're like, yeah, we want you to play a police officer. So like, we got to go get you outfitted. So, um... The location is this place called Lumber Liquidators or something like that. It was in, um, I want to say Jersey City. I'm not 100% positive about that. Like maybe Jersey City Wholesale Liquidators, something like that. It was like this big store that had like a problem with like a lot of people stealing stuff from there. So one of the producers, he takes me to um, like a place to get outfitted in some like police gear. And I get outfitted in some different police gear and stuff. Then he brings me back on set, and then some of the other, he shows me to some of the other producers, like, yeah, here's one of the security guards who's going to be, and then the, the producer looks at me, he's like, we can't use you, you got a beard. Because like most cops, they might have like a little goatee or a mustache, they got like a full-on beard. So Wait, they're like, why? Is that like a thing? Most police departments don't want that. Because my boy, he just became a cop, and he shaved his whole head off, like everything, he's like totally useless. Yeah, they want wow. they want like clean military style. So they told you the beard got to go, and you were like, "Fuck this." Well, I didn't say the beard got to go, but they're just like, "We're not going to use you as a cop." Now they hired one of the other security guards from my company what? too, so they just used him. But they're like, "Now they already paid for me for the day," so they're like, "We're going to use this guy." So they wanted me to be one of the criminals on this show. See, oh, guys, yeah. and if you guys don't know this. Reality TV is pretty much all bullshit. No, it's, yeah, all, yeah, it's all yeah. actors. I just didn't know Kyle Ryan Handel was fake. I was guessing they would. I was guessing they would want you to be a singer. <laughs> no, why like, a singer? Nah, it's you, the role. You couldn't be a singer. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, when you go to a show like this, they like it's maybe like a half-hour TV show, and they show maybe like two or three of the criminals that are caught. But what they don't show you is all the other takes of all the other criminals, and they only, they are obviously gonna edit those out and only choose the best ones or whatever, the ones they like the best. 
So we're sitting around under this tent. It's me and all these other actors. And they're all talking about like, yeah, you know, we're getting paid 250 for the day, 250 for the day. And there's all these drinks, there's all these sodas and coolers and all these snacks and stuff. And you just sit around and wait all day until it's your turn to shoot your scene. And anyway, so I, I did my scene and I basically was stealing some stuff from the store and shoving a whole bunch of stuff into the backpack and then I'm supposed to get caught. And then once I get caught, I get into an argument with the manager who caught me by watching me on the security cameras and stuff. And um, anyway, my, my cut actually didn't make it into the final video of the show. But, but I'll say the producer said I did a great job and stuff. So talk about use your clear. <laughs> I was gonna say, what episode now? I'll go home and watch that. Dude, if it, if, if it moved, I could send it to you. That's crazy. That's crazy. We, we probably crazy. wouldn't even be on this podcast right now if it made it. Alright, I was also gonna ask you this. I, I kinda got like two more questions. Alright, let's say it's the first day of school, right? And you get a fresh batch of new young legs, new kids. <laughs> uh, how do you sculpt them? Or like, do you ever read them? Like, is, do you ever have kids like, you see them, like, let's say they walk in and they're like, oh, we're being sick, they're just like standing in a line. And you're just like, okay, this kid's in trouble. Like, do you ever sculpt them? Or do they, is there anything they do that stands out and you're like, okay, this guy is going to be something? I think it's natural to do things like that, but you want to kind of correct yourself. I mean, there's that old adage, don't judge a book by its cover. Definitely. I mean, you, get, you kind of get yourself in a lot of trouble. You think, like, oh, this kid looks a certain type of way. He's going to be bad. If you start doing that, then you're going to start treating the kid a different way, and you're going to start, you know, maybe causing a problem or making some kind of awkwardness when it's not really there. So I try not to do that, but to what you're saying about scoping kids out, yeah, you're constantly trying to do that. You're constantly listening to their conversations, what they're talking about, because there's always some type of new video game that they're playing, or there's some type of new show that they're watching or something like that. And if, one of the things I try to do is like, I'll, sometimes I'll check some of these things out myself. And then sometimes you can just slip in something like that. Like, oh, you were playing Minecraft the other day, and like you can crack a joke and like bring up something that they're into or something like that. Or sometimes like if I'm talking about bias, you know, I want to teach some bias. It's something I teach them out early on. I could be like, yo, you guys know Al Tariq? Yo, he's one of the most biased Giants fans ever. He actually thinks Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. It's like, he's terrible, right? And, but like, so because I'm scoping out Al Tariq and I know he's a Giants fan, I can use him to teach and I can bring that up to the other students. And like, I see how he's biased and how that affects how he views the team and stuff. So. Yeah, you're always kind of uh, scoping out kids, but you don't want to like judge a book by its cover and automatically assume that a kid's a bad kid or something like that. Right. Or, and in the real world, too. Outside of school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you're a police officer and you're assuming that someone, because they're wearing some type of clothing and something, is a criminal. Right. Well, let me see what it is. I think you're fucking the back. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, Whatchamacallit? Do you have a question? Okay. This is, I think this might be my last question. What's one piece of advice you would give to somebody that you think could apply to multiple things? Like what you said about don't judge books by cover, that was pretty good. Do you have another one? A piece of advice that can apply to multiple things? Well, like, not, yeah, just a piece of advice. What's your best piece of advice? Yeah, that you'd be like, oh, like I learned this through hard work, 
hard work or like experience, and this is my wisdom I can pass on to you. Right. Um, it's hard because like, you know, so let me just say something about advice first. Um, I don't believe in giving people unsolicited advice. Sometimes there are people that are just constantly trying to give other people advice. And they think that they know everything. And sometimes people don't want advice from people when it's unsolicited and stuff. Like, oh, you need to get married. Like, you know, oh, you need to get married. Or, oh, you need to get this type of job. It's like, do you even know me, what I'm going through and what I'm interested in? You're going to give me advice? So I don't like giving unsolicited advice is, is my first thing. Um, I, I'm thinking about saying something corny, like, oh, you got to work hard. But, like, I mean, I don't want to say something. Go ahead. One of the things that was uh, most resonant with you and your walk through, like, uh, even it could be something that you learned recently that stuck with you, like <laughs> something <laughs> that stuck with me recently. Right, let me let me finish Thomas' question first, and now I'm gonna get to your question. Oh, all right. I it, think it was, it was like adding. Yeah, like it was in line with it, like uh, like just you know a good a good statement about life. I'm gonna say this. Um, don't be so arrogant to the point where you, just because you're older or maybe you have more money than someone else, that you think you can't learn something from someone else. And this is the way that I view things as a teacher. I and so Thomas said that you know he kind of taught teachers, and I found that interesting. And for me as a teacher, I've learned a lot from students. Sometimes students teach me. Case in point, I took a Bitcoin class this past weekend. I'm thinking about, you know, investing some money in crypto, and I, I wanted to learn a lot about, you know, like, you know, all the software and the technology and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, kind of not like so much of a noob with it. I had a kid a couple years ago, probably three, four years ago now, who was telling me about Bitcoin, and I knew about it. I heard people, I listened to people on podcasts, and he's like, "Yeah, I have like a decent amount of Bitcoin and stuff." And he's like, "I'm telling you, man, it's going to grow more and more." And at the time, I'm thinking like. He got no skin in the game. He must be living now. Dude, yeah, look what's happened to Bitcoin. Right. It has skyrocketed in value since then. I hope he's hung on to it and he can sell it before then because I was telling him I think you should sell it. This is what I'm telling him. So imagine that. I'm older than him. I've been around the block longer than him. I'm thinking, oh, I'm his teacher. He's my student. There's nothing I could possibly learn from him. But he knew something in a specific industry more than I did. He spent a lot of time on it and stuff. So I guess this is something that can apply to anyone. Just because you might be good or older and you might be really good in your career, don't think that you, you're so arrogant that you can't possibly learn something from someone else, even if they're a lot younger than you or you don't necessarily want to live the same exact lifestyle as them. I guess would be my advice. It's pretty good. That's, that's, that's the answer we were looking for. Like yeah. answer like that. Yeah. Yeah, shit. definitely. Shit. And uh, it doesn't really tie into the last question that I wanted to ask you, but this is the last question I wanted to ask you. Regarding you being a history teacher and whatnot, what are one or a couple of eras you feel that you would fit best in or you would like to experience? Mm. That's cool. That's a great question. Great, great, great question. And see, 
there are a bunch of people who always kind of yearn for the past. Oh, see, back in my day, or back in this day, or see, back when the founders did this. And like, there's a lot of cool stuff about early American history. But think about it for a moment. So, you know, uh, all right, so let's, let's take this for example. Uh, there sometimes, like when I, when we were talking earlier about how much the government's growing, how when there's a crisis, the government gains more and more power, and how I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that, and that makes, that has me somewhat worried for the future. So there are some people who say, man, I wish I could live in the past. But then you ask yourself, do you really want to live in the past, though? Right. Because think about it, like, if, if you guys, you said you love history, and how much do you really like history? There's this good TV show, it was on HBO, called John Adams, about the founding father John Adams. And you'll learn a lot about really early American history if you watch that, and it was really famous actors and stuff that did it, so it was really well done. Um, you'll notice in that show, everybody's got horrible teeth. Their teeth are all rotting and decaying and stuff. I, I've heard of shit about that. And why is that? Like George Washington used to have the same thing. I heard. Yeah, they didn't have modern Everybody. dentistry and I heard stuff. When he, I heard when he took his photo, like something about like he couldn't really smile. Or there's like a there's like a photo of someone on the on like a bill that he can't like he's not smiling because he didn't have proper teeth or it just looked really bad. I wonder what that's. That's why like a lot of old presidents look really serious. <laughs> like they don't they don't. Wow, smile. I didn't know. That. Like Trump used to have a picture of I think John Adams in his. Uh, Oval Office. Okay. Like he's like, I want to be like him. Cause he's look at him. That looks like a real president, like stern businessman. It's like a stern businessman. I was like, shit. I see your <laughs> point. Like, I, I got it. I don't know if I'm talking to the wrong man. Um, it's just the, thing. It's it's the right, right one. All right. So, uh, so just thinking about something like modern dentistry and stuff. Like, yeah, maybe did the did the average white man back then have more freedom than today? Yes. Were the taxes lower back then? Yes. But we don't have all the conveniences and stuff, even for me. Like, we didn't have, have football back then. I love football. Imagine, imagine a life where I couldn't watch football. So, like, there's a part of me that says, like, oh, I'd like to live in this era. Like, yo, we were talking about how the generations are getting softer, right? Yeah. I'll tell you this. Americans back then, they were willing to fight a war over, like, a 3% tax. Nowadays... You know, the government's taxing people. You know, you have, not saying that this has actually happened yet, but Bernie Sanders was talking about having like a 70% tax for the ultra wealthy. Yeah. You know, people were willing to die over much less back then, which showed that they were much tougher. So like, in a sense, it would be cool to live when people were tougher back then. But I don't know that I want to give up the modern conveniences though. Um, but I don't know. I guess it would be kind of cool to live, at least somewhat cool to live during, you know, like the seven, late 1700s when America was being founded, I guess. I'm right. talking the long end now. I keep flipping this. It'll say, it'll say like that, and it'll show the front. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Did so. you have a last question? Did I answer your question, no, bro? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, definitely. I did have a last question, actually. Thank you. And you, if it's too personal, you know, you don't let it answer. But, you know, how old is your wife? And if you, do you have any kids? I don't have any kids. And she's doing pretty good. Um, you, you plan on having kids anytime soon? Oof. Person, no. There's no, there's no <laughs> plans. But sometimes the whole kid thing is an unplanned thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. As I'm sure you guys know. Yeah. I wonder if 
your family planned on having that many kids. <laughs> I, I, I think she did, but nah, I don't think that. Nah, kind of got carried away, huh? Nah, yeah, but um, thanks for that, by the way. Appreciate Yo, bro, it was your question, bro. Hey, don't be mad. Nah, he yeah, exactly. the script. It was my question to you. Now it's coming back at me. Bro, I didn't even plan on it once you just asked. I, I was talking about planning, and then I was thinking, wait, hold on. Johnny's got a lot of siblings. <laughs> no, yeah, my mom definitely be like saying the joke, like, yeah, you weren't playing, blah, blah, blah. And I should be like, why you gotta say that to me? I mean, it's really <laughs> like that most times. No, so, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. No, yeah. Me and my yeah. mom laugh about it, but. Are you gonna have a like this? So. Johnny? Yes. But. If I can finish answering that question, um, <laughs> with the whole kid thing, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, about when and if ever I will have kids, um, I do know this. If it does happen, and when it does happen, I do want to be a good father, which means I want to be present in my kid's life. Um, and sometimes people have kids, but then they still want all their independence and stuff too. Right. And it's it's kind of hard to do both. I mean, everybody tells you when you have a kid, it changes your life. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have a good answer for that, but my wife's doing good. Enough. Thank you for asking. I know I can have kids, so I'm like, 30 something. Like it is, yeah, bro. Like, I know personally, I love my independence. I, I mean, love that shit. Yeah. I, how, how many people do you guys know from your grade? Oh my god. <laughs> you don't gotta say names. You don't gotta say names. Nah, I'm nah, just nah, curious. Nah. I'm just curious. How many I mean, are we, there? We all know the originals. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I know at least you know one, but. We're not saying names. Nah, yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure, like, I realized I was, like, getting older when I started, or maybe, you know, because we're still young, but, like, I started seeing, like, a lot more people that I follow on Instagram, like, have babies now, it's, like, left and right, you know, there's, like, five people that I follow that already having babies, they're, like, my, the same age as me, 19, 20, and they're already having kids, and I'm just, like, god damn, well, they're on their second kid, I'm, like, what the fuck, like, where did it all go, you know? From AOF. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I thought you were interested in hearing. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm curious to know how people are doing, but you don't have to say. There's it. definitely it's just a for privacy. There's definitely a handful, but um, some of them aren't doing so bad, you know. Like some of them make the most of it, and a lot of times having something like a kid can make you look at life differently. Oh, yeah. I feel like it definitely did that in some cases for a lot of them. Uh, it affected some positivity. It affected all positivity. I'll say that. Yeah. Have you got a kid? Boy or girl? Do you have any names ready? Or you're not even there yet? <laughs> Definitely don't have any names ready. <laughs> That's for sure. So, like, Thomas is still not. Yeah. Uh, How about John? I know you wouldn't even get John. Darian Smith, come on. <laughs> John Smith. It's good to bring to it. Dude, if I have any more of my kids after you guys. That was pretty dope. By the way, you guys said you had a gift for me. It better be a good gift. <laughs> oh, uh... That's only you forgot. No, no, oh, it just okay. hasn't got here yet. Okay. No, seriously. No, I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it just really didn't get here yet. Is that, is that it? You want to wrap it up already? You want to talk no, about just... certain things in history, or...? Um... It seems well, like you guys are ready to wrap it up. No, do, do you... Wait, I, this is not really about history, but do you still show Toby's a slave? Do you guys still... Is that still in your curriculum or not? Cause I still watch that movie to this day, you know? <laughs> I still watch the movie? Yeah, it, 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 it is a good movie. Um, 
Uh, yes, I have shown it in years after, although I'm contemplating not showing it this year for like the sake of time and stuff. Uh, but, it, but it is a good movie though. Um, but uh, dude, I ain't gonna lie, like sometimes when you're a teacher, Sometimes showing the movies like kind of like an easy way to like do a lesson or something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I like showing movies though, and I like watching movies. I, it's hard to show like a full movie though; it takes a lot of time. But I like to show a lot of clips from movies to teach. Yeah, I remember you used to play a movie, and I would love it. Yes. Because like maybe I'd fall asleep, maybe I wasn't. It wasn't any different than usual. He's always sleeping. <laughs> nah, but even if I did, like the, the movie would take up like a, a couple of days. So I would know, like, like oh. We would stress that. And yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be, I'd like that. I'd appreciate that. Speaking of, um, yo, if you want to cut it, we can cut it right now. But since we're talking about slavery, you want to talk about Abraham Lincoln for a moment? Of course. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about Lincoln. How about, like, what, what do you want to talk about? Well, it's, uh, you want to cut it? No, no, because I don't know if you had to go to work later. And I don't want to, like, interfere with time. But I could definitely make some rage. Oh, okay. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> All right. Keep talking. So, I'm going to see the camera. So this is one of the things that I think your guys, the year I had you, was like the first year I had kind of like really started to delve into Lincoln and the mythology behind him. Mm-hmm. And we did a trial about Abraham Lincoln right at the very end of the school year. That's something I got better at teaching. But Abraham Lincoln is one of the biggest myths in American history. Tell me what you guys uh, learned about Lincoln. When okay, well, I when we did the things, I had to, uh, had to search up about Abraham Lincoln. I already, I heard that like, because a lot of people said that he freed slavery, but wasn't like, he didn't need that, that, that wasn't even really one of the big reasons why he wanted the North versus the South, like that's when he went with it. Yeah, so they said that Lincoln wanted, so this is how they, all right, so if you watch the 2012 movie by Steven Spielberg called Lincoln, they make it seem that Lincoln was this progressive, forward-minded thinking person that thought that slavery was so evil and that blacks were equal to white people and therefore that's why he wanted to free the slaves. And that's how kids are taught in school. Yeah. But, but that is that is complete bullshit. Complete bullshit. Then he has slaves himself I don't know why students think this, but for a long time me and Mr. D have noticed that a lot of students in Elizabeth think that Lincoln himself owned slaves. He didn't himself own slaves. But he did many things that protected the industry of slavery before he became like a politician. And I can talk about some of that stuff if you want. Yeah. But us. so Lincoln got up uh, when he gave his first inaugural address, when he was first inaugurated as president. Oh, in Gettysburg? No, this is before Gettysburg. This is when he's giving his, when he's being sworn in as president. Gettysburg is like after the battle of the Civil War at Gettysburg. So Lincoln says, that I have, I have, don't give a crap about anything about slavery. I have no intention of, of abolishing it where it already exists. Um, and he says that I've affirmed many times that the white man is superior to the black man. He said this over, like, you can look at a lot of his racist statements and stuff he said. He said, I always believe that the white man is superior. Black people should not be judges. They should not be allowed to vote, X, Y, and Z. So he gets up there and he says, I am not going to touch slavery. In fact, there is an amendment out there that they want to pass. An amendment is like a change to the Constitution, saying that if we pass this amendment, slavery will be guaranteed forever, meaning the government can never touch slavery. He says, I support that amendment. It's called the Corwin Amendment. Lincoln supported that amendment. Wow. So he was not an abolitionist at all. And in fact, 
even he there was parts of he didn't he didn't support the expansion of slavery when they were making new states. He didn't want slavery to expand in the new states that were being made. But you know what he did want to do? Like if slaves were free, if he wanted to send them back to like Africa or send them to the Caribbean, because he never said, oh, they could never live along peacefully with white people and stuff. But all right, so the whole slavery thing, it's a whole bunch of myth. In fact, I don't think you guys saw this. Maybe I had it up there when you guys were seniors. I got a poster in my classroom. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. You guys ever seen the movie? I heard about I that heard shit. I heard about it, but I'm not going to say I saw it one time. The reason why I got the poster up in my room is students see it, and they think, Abraham Lincoln, he wasn't really a vampire hunter. Was he? And no, he wasn't a vampire hunter. But I point to the poster, I'd be like, that movie is more realistic than the Steven Spielberg movie about Lincoln. You think so? Well, it's a joke. It's not really more realistic. But <laughs> it, it's just like saying like that. There's there's so much BS in that movie mm-hmm. that makes it think that Lincoln is this virtuous guy. But not only that, I mean, like he just he did so much stuff to. So first of all, Lincoln started the war. He was a Republican, right? He was a Republican. Because yeah. I know a lot of early presidents were like independent or like, they have, there was like another party, right, that they used to be? George Washington was the only one officially who was like independent. Uh-huh. He didn't belong to a specific party. Otherwise, I mean, but he was kind of more of a Federalist, to be honest. Uh, he just didn't claim to be a part of a specific party. But Lincoln did all, do, do you guys remember any of this stuff that Lincoln, remember he suspended people's rights of habeas corpus? Yeah, do you have any idea? Uh, Remember that at all? Very, it's very vague. Very, it's very vague. Very vague. What's habeas corpus? So this is your right. Like, if you get arrested and get locked up, you have the right to seek a lawyer, and that lawyer can bring you in front of a judge, and the judge can determine whether or not you can be detained in prison. That's your right of habeas corpus. You know, in the United States, we're supposed to have a tradition of freedom. You can't just lock people up for no reason and keep them there. During the Civil War, we had a crisis, right? I was talking to you guys about this before. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm -hmm. Lincoln unilaterally suspended everyone's right to habeas corpus. He locked up tens of thousands, probably over 40,000 people throughout the course of the Civil War, kept them in prison, sometimes for years. Did not allow them to go in front of the judge. They were never charged with a crime. They were never convicted of a crime. Just for things like supporting the other side or not supporting Lincoln's war. Right? Like right now, like if you don't support what Joe Biden's doing, like you might be labeled as a domestic terrorist. Yeah. You know, Abraham Lincoln kinda, you know, saw people Abraham Lincoln shut down hundreds of newspapers during the Civil War. Right? right? We're talking about freedom First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press. If you were if you were talking shit about Abraham Lincoln, he ordered the military to go with guns to your newspaper plant, shut it down. No, you can't. You can't say that. You can't say that. Wow. Wow. That's fucking crazy. So he's considered to be like the best. I mean, they got that big monument of him in Washington, D.C. But I see honestly, he's like a dictator. He was honestly like a dictator. If you're asking me, he's one of the worst presidents for... It wasn't his intention to free the slaves at all. It was just a byproduct. It was just... He just used it, right? Like his own game? He just used it for political means. Um, I don't know if you want to get into all that right now, but it was... it was not what his intention. He said that the only reason I'm starting the Civil War basically is the South is cannot secede because they need to pay their taxes. We're not going to let them leave. They need to pay their taxes to the Union government. He said this in his first inaugural address. 
No, yeah, I think you tried to. You, I don't know if you tried to like put that to give that to someone else because remember when I had to when I had to be a lawyer. I don't know if someone was there in Lincoln. I don't know if you tried to give them that that thing because when I was asking them questions, man, you were like trying to make them say that, mm-hmm. or or I don't know if you gave it to me. I don't know. If you I don't gave remember. It to him, but I I remember you talking about that about Abraham Lincoln not not like that. The reason why I knew that he wasn't really for the slaves like that whole uh, North versus South was because I remember you telling me that that that's not the reason. That's not one of the main reasons why. He did what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I try to you know teach some of these um, myths and stuff in American history because you have to understand this that the way that American history is oftentimes taught is they want you to love your country and they want you to think good things about your country. They don't want you to know the the, the naughty things that your country did. They don't want you to know about the bad stuff that Abraham Lincoln did because mm-hmm. maybe you won't like your country then, or maybe you will be a little skeptical. Maybe you'll think, oh, maybe Joe Biden's doing the same bad things or similar right. bad things. So. What do you think about Joe Biden so far? Honestly, I mean, dude, yeah. he's 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 the epitome of everything that's bad in politics, and he's been a politician for fifty years. And by the way, disclaimer, disclaimer, anyone who's <laughs> watching or listening, I don't like Trump either. I've never ever ever voted for a Republican <laughs> in any way, shape, or form ever. All right, so just so we're clear with that, because some some people. They have this binary thinking. Oh, you don't like you're if you don't like Joe Biden, yeah, you yeah. you must be a Trump supporter. No. Right. Yeah, I okay. hate that. That it's like if you're not one thing, you're the other, and you're the enemy. Very divisive, like I was saying earlier. Yes. You know one thing? Sorry, before you go, I learned this on South Park, and this might sound crazy. South Park's a great show. You know they just renewed like nine seasons or six seasons. Viacom, CBS. But what do you um, mean they renewed it? Uh, Viacom CBS gave them 900 million for like six or nine more seasons. Oh wow! Yeah, good, good for them. Yeah, good sure. I know they did a couple of those specials, and I was, I wasn't sure if they were going to go back to doing seasons. Yeah, they just got renewed. Oh, that's cool. What you call it though? There's an episode of Cartman, and they're talking, and it's like um, election day, and it's the same shit that's like going on present day. People are saying like, "Yo, you're right." And then some people are saying like, "Oh, fuck, you're right." It, it, basically, modern day shit, right? Mm-hmm. And Cartman time travels. Back to the, the signing of Declaration of Independence. Yeah. It's like it's like Thomas Edison is there and shit. And it's <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, sorry. And then <laughs> and then basically he's in the room and he's like, Oh my god, Cartman's like, what are these smart people? They got they know the answers. And they start saying the same shit they're saying in today. And then it's the same That's a great episode. I I can't remember the all the exacts of the clip, but yeah, it's a good clip. And, and then you- Thomas Jefferson is like the point like the thing that makes America great is that you have the opportunity to say fuck what you gotta say, and you could say fuck what I gotta say, and we could both live. Yeah, it goes back to freedom of speech. Yeah, and right. And then Cartman was like, "Holy shit, there's like a secret." Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, Cartman kills someone on his way there too. <laughs> oh shit, the, the delivery guy, right? I remember that shit. <laughs> Steals his outfit for him or something. Yeah, like the that. messenger dude. <laughs> what were we talking about before then? Someone had a question. Um, I was gonna ask you who was your favorite president. Well, uh, William so Henry Harrison. William Henry Harrison. Wow. Yeah, someone they, I did not hear. I someone don't they don't bring up <laughs> Someone they don't, don't talk about. And it. none of you guys caught why either. The dark horse. He was only president for 40 days. He uh. died. <laughs> 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 He's the best because he wasn't able to do the most damage. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna, that's crazy. I was going to say, like, I guess I can't really say favorite because if we're being honest, there's something fucked up about every single president. There's something that they did that was that people could hate or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm so typically the way that uh, history is often taught is that these these great presidents 
they helped us show us our freedom and they helped give us all our rights and they helped do this for this and they helped do that for us when the way I kind of look at it is oftentimes they kind of get in the way and they kind of do a lot more harm than good and they kind of uh, take away your rights. Is I'm generally very skeptical. Um, it's not to mean that all politicians are bad or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But people need to be very skeptical. And there's actually, there's actually an SGO that I didn't even make it up. Um, Someone in the department. Someone in the department did. It's about do John SGOs? Yeah, God, and dude. it's about this letters between John Adams and his wife. And there's this quote from John Adams saying that um, <laughs> people need to question their leaders and they need to be very skeptical of them. That's how you maintain freedom. Like if you're not holding your politicians in check, they will take your rights away and stuff. They will screw you over, so to speak. So you got to know what they're doing mm -hmm. and expose what they're doing. John Adams said it, and, and this is actually I, I, one of the things that the school gives that I, I, I definitely like. Um, but anyway, you were asking me about Biden. Biden is the epitome of everything that's bad in American politics. He's been in politics for 50 years. This dude, when he first got in the United States Senate, he ran um, to the right of Richard Nixon. He said that Richard Nixon wasn't doing enough in the Vietnam War. Nixon's not killing enough people in Vietnam. But dude, Richard Nixon did a secret bombing camp campaign in Cambodia. Killed I don't know how many th thousands and thousands of Cambodia. The American people didn't even know about this. The government kept it secret. We were bombing the shit out of these people. We killed between probably 3 and 4 million people in Vietnam. Joe Biden when he first got in the Senate, he was arguing that the government is not doing enough to kill more people in Vietnam. Vietnam was a total clusterfuck, a total disaster. We never should have been over there. Never. See, America, we claim that we're the land of the free and stuff, but we go around to other parts of the world telling people what they can and what they can't do. Yeah, another episode of South Park, which is kind of crazy, but, like, the, the boys, they go to, like, Iraq or Iran, and then there's, like, another four boys that are them, but Iraq version, and they're like, oh, we fucking hate America. I think it's Afghanistan. Uh, and they meet Osama bin Laden, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're just like, oh, we hate America. You guys think you guys just come over here and take control. Like, why would you guys want to do that? Like, you guys think you're better than everyone. Yeah. It's exactly. And, you know, uh, or if something, something bad happens in the world, oh, we got to be the policeman of the world. And that costs right. a lot of money to go to other places and stuff. It's not cheap. And then our people die. And then we have over 20 veterans every day in this country that commit suicide. Over 20 veterans every day that commit suicide. That's a ridiculous stat. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous stat. And you ask why. They're in other people's countries. And sometimes That's they might over 7,000 a year. They're taken care of. They're thrown into the fire, basically. Yeah. yeah. And imagine, and they have extreme PTSD. If you accidentally killed someone, or imagine you saw someone else kill someone and it was an innocent person and you can't speak out against it or something like that. That causes, you know, like a moral, you know, trauma and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sit well with you. Doesn't. Um, but uh, so going back to Biden, the Iraq War was another disaster. Joe Biden is the single biggest Democrat that I'm aware of that pushed the war in Iraq. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it off the top of my head. I could send it to you guys if you want. There's like a 19-minute documentary narrated by Danny Glover, the actor. Mm -hmm. nice. It's about Joe Biden. And everything he did to make sure that the United States got into Iraq War II. We killed probably a million Iraqis in that war. Holy Again, now, and that, that, that war was sold on complete lies. We said, oh, the Iraqis, Saddam Hussein's got weapons of mass destruction. He's got nukes, and he's friends with Osama bin Laden. And 
Os he's going to give Osama bin Laden nukes. Total bullshit propaganda. It was a complete lie. It, nobody believes it nowadays. Anyway, Joe Biden, he was in charge of this committee in the Senate, and there were people that were willing to testify and say, no, there's no way Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. Joe Biden didn't let these people testify because he wanted that war in Iraq. And he was one of these people that sold this war in Iraq. Joe, Joe Biden was the author of the 1994 crime bill, which instituted mandatory minimum sentences. Part of the reason why we have so many people locked up for minor drug offenses. Oh, you oh, had some. I, you I had heard some, about that. You had a little bit of crack. Oh, you're getting at least a five year sentence in prison. Oh, and by the way, you got a prison sentence. And by the way, I'm completely opposed to the war on drugs. If people want to put a drug in their body, let them do it. You know, we got it. We, we can't police people's bodies like this and things like that. Joe Biden, one of, why do we have the biggest prison population in the world? Joe Biden is one of the very biggest reasons of, for that. He's horrible on basically everything, to be honest. Right. Have you been to Oregon? You heard like hella shit to go there, like hella drugs, like heroin, coke. But I've never been to Oregon, no, but. Oregon's like one of those places that like, they were one of the first people to like legalize weed and a bunch of shit. But like, if you go to Oregon, people always say like, you would never think that. Like, there's people who do drugs in Oregon that are like, let's say I got an office job and I do crack. And they just do crack, but you would never know they do crack. So being opposed crazy. to the war on drugs, mm -hmm. do you think, can you agree with all drugs being legalized, like what they did? I support that, yes. Okay. Because there are so many problems with um, making the drugs illegal. You're creating black markets. Who thrives in black markets? Right. Criminals. Yeah. Just because you make the drug illegal doesn't stop people from using the drug. That's been evident. We've been fighting the war on drugs for over 50 years. Mm -hmm. Have we stopped drug usage? No. Not even close. Dr we have more drug users and stuff. You make the drugs actually less safer. All right, true story. My high school friend, Russell Pornovitz, he died using heroin. But the heroin that he used probably had fentanyl in it. Fentanyl is much, 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 much more potent than heroin. A lot of times if people have uh, uh, heroin that is um, mixed with fentanyl, sometimes when they go to sleep, they never wake up. Their heart stops. Yes. And his sister died from the same exact reason. I actually saw her at his wake, and then about a year later, she died from the same exact reason. Wow. But you have to ask yourself, why is this drug so safe? Why are people, you have people making these drugs in their basements and things. Now, I'm not saying the heroin's a good drug. I'm not saying people should use heroin. I'm not saying that at all, just to be perfectly clear. But if people could get heroin in a legal way at like a pharmacy or something like that, for people who could mix the drugs properly, the drugs would actually be safer. We used to have alcohol illegal in this country for a long, for, not for a long time, but oh, for yeah. a period of about 10 years. And um, gold. Gold used to be outlawed. They actually, well, FDR, another one of the greatest so-called greatest presidents in American history. He took the gold from people, said you basically you cannot, because uh, he wanted to go on his massive government spending campaigns. That's a whole different story. I don't want to get into that right yeah, now. Yeah, but I had heard that like that happens a lot, like alcohol, weed. Well, do you guys know the people that, that thrived during when, when alcohol was illegal? There's this one famous name. You guys, pro, uh, the Prohibition Al 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 Capone, era. Uh, Al Capone, there you go. Al Capone, there you, my, my man. Al Capone. And other, you know, mafioso type yeah, of criminals, people, uh, they they're still that. selling people alcohol, right? And they're charging a lot of money for it. You see, criminals actually like when drugs are illegal. They interviewed Pablo Escobar's son, and they said, my dad, the only thing he ever feared was that they would legalize drugs. Because if they legalize drugs, then everyone can sell it. 
Pablo Escobar would lose his monopoly on selling the drugs, meaning he couldn't charge so much for it. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing my father ever feared. So we've been fighting this war on drugs. We lock people up for victimless crimes. If, if you do a line of coke or if you do a line of coke, that's not bothering me. That's your own choice. It's your own body, right? right? It's not bothering me necessarily. You know, we have to let people be. This is supposed to be a free country. People should be allowed to put whatever they want in their bodies. But we lock people up for these types of victimless crimes. Then they get a record, and then it's hard for them to get a job. Oh, you can't get a job. You can't put bill. You can't put food on the table. Then you resort to crime. I now that you say yeah, that, yeah, that's true. You made a great point. Nah, first yeah, of all, good. I like that one. Um, now that you say that, I feel like locking somebody up for drug addiction is kind of pointless because in a, a person way, that has a problem, they're already mentally locked up in a way. Yeah. So it's like you're locked. And also, a lot up. of prisons are like privately owned, like. They're not even made for, like, like when you go to prison, it really should be, like, rehabilitation. It should really be, oh, like, yeah, yeah. oh, That's when you come out of prison, it should be, like, you should be a better person That's than you exactly were. That's exactly what I think. Type shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. they make it a place that... You just get worse. It breaks you. Yeah. It really does you're make putting, you worse than you're you are. putting, sometimes, non-vi- non-violent people, because someone could go in there just for having a couple crack rocks. Right? There's, this do- there's this War on Drugs documentary. It's good. I could send it to you guys. I think it's free. Um... They interview this guy who's behind a, uh, the prison fence, and he says, "I got 57 years for six small rocks. Does that sound fair to you? No. 57 years for six small rocks. Is that now? I don't. We don't know anything else about this guy, but in theory, he could have never harmed anyone in his life. He just had some crack rocks on him. You know, either he's selling them or he's using them himself. He's yeah. not not necessarily violent. So sometimes we put nonviolent people with violent people." And you expect them to come out less violent? You expect them to come out rehabilitated? Right. They call it correction centers. That's what they call it. That's what a lot of people like to call jail or juvie. Oh, yeah. Shit. I'm not, and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be places where, we, of course, violent people should be kept out of violent, nasty people that would murder and rape. Yeah, they know, shouldn't be in the community. People. But are drug users those types of people? No, and going back to Biden, Biden is one of the biggest people that supported this stuff for a long time. What did you think about Trump's one uh, one term? Did you think it was like kind of sad that he only got one term, or did you think like <laughs> I know some people? No, I mean it sucked. I mean, yeah, people, it, they were it, saying like, "Yo, this is the first time a president hasn't had two terms in a while." Like, yeah, the first time since Bush Senior in yeah. the early nineties. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess it's. Kind of what I expected. It's Donald Trump. I mean, like, he talks a good game, but, you know. I mean, I'll say this. He was horrible for so many reasons, and I could tell you those reasons. But the way that the media treats him versus the way that they treated George Bush or the way that they treated Barack Obama or the way that they treat Joe Biden is unfair. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Like, he is... Like, George Bush started off the 20th century with mass murder campaigns. In Af- We've been in Afghanistan for 20-something years. George Bush started the war in Iraq. That's George Isn't Bush. he part of like a whole bunch of con- conspiracy theories, too? Yeah, there's a lot of people think that he, he did 9-11 so he could justify those wars. I mean, you know, a lot of that shit's funny and ridiculous. But, uh, but again, though, he used... See, again, George Bush didn't do 9-11. 
But he and his people in his government used it to their advantage. They wanted to go to Iraq for years. Um, you can read papers that were people were writing in the 1990s saying we need to go to Iraq to overthrow Saddam Hussein and institute like a Hashemite king in Iraq. And George Bush, so, but the American people didn't support that. They don't want to go to Iraq and fight a war. Mo most Americans don't want to fight a war if it's not necessary. But when you knock down the Twin Towers and you kill 3,000 Americans and scare the shit out of it's people. It's game on. It's game on. Now we want to go over there and fuck you up. So George Bush used 9-11 to his advantage. Not to, but it doesn't mean he did it. Mm -hmm. So this is where conspiracy theories, they, they, they jump to conclusions without proper evidence. Right. Um, so Trump, Trump's presidential term was obviously disappointing, um, but he was definitely treated um, unfairly. Like, you know, they called him like, they said he's literally Hitler. This is something that he said over and over. <laughs> Think about how dumb this is. Trump's daughter is married to a Jewish man. Trump's grandkids yeah. are Jewish. You know Jared Kushner? Okay. His yes. father came from Elizabeth. Billionaire out of Elizabeth. I didn't know he's from Elizabeth. Wow. Yeah, it's because I like was like reading into that shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Kushner family, Trump uh, and Kushner, the Prime Minister ben Benjamin Netanyahu, when he used to come to the United States, he used to sleep in Jared Kushner's bed, and Kushner's obviously you know in line with Trump. So this shows how much Trump loves Jewish people, right? So to call him Hitler. Is ridiculous. And almost all the rich people in New York are Jewish. The top dogs are Jewish. Bloomberg. Are people who sponsor him are probably Jewish. A lot of them are Jewish. Yeah. So like real estate owners, especially that he does, a lot of them are Jewish. So ridiculous. Like Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, he was like, oh, I, I became a billionaire in net worth. But he was like, I, I couldn't have done it without my Jewish friends. Yeah. At like New York buildings. Like he owns one Vanderbilt. I wish, and they were very harsh with Trump. I wish they applied the media. I wish they applied the same standard of harshness to like someone like Obama, because Obama was extremely good at speaking. Like you said, like I'm a good public speaker. I can't hold nothing to Barack Obama. Yeah. Obama, he's an, yeah. I feel he's like an amazing he just, speaker. I feel like when he talks, he just got that like charisma. He's like got, that. He does, and that's why some people love him because they didn't care that he had a, a secret kill list. They didn't care that he started three new wars. They didn't care that he killed an American and his son without any due process of law, Anwar al-Awlaki and his son. Barack Obama did all these different types of things. He signed the, the 2012 NDAA, which basically said that if the government suspects you to be involved as a terrorist, they can lock you up and suspend your right of habeas corpus, going back to Abraham Lincoln. Barack Obama did all that. Did you hear the media saying all this kind of stuff about him? Nah, no. they loved him. They loved him. He, he, it, it goes to show what a good tongue can get you. Exactly. Especially I, in the political. I heard he got nominated by the CIA. Like he was like the presidential nominee from CIA. Like his they really father, his parents worked in the CIA. At least I, I think it was his father. Um, I may be hazy on some of the details, but his parents definitely worked in the CIA. And he was. So another thing about Obama. He was chosen by the big banks, too. So when Obama got elected into office, this was 2008, right at the height of the financial crisis, right? Everyone was losing their home. Not everyone, but a lot of people were losing their homes and stuff. Barack Obama got so much campaign contributions. Like, there's an email. It's in the WikiLeaks documents. I could send it to you guys. Citigroup emails Barack Obama saying, this is who we think you should pick for your cabinet. Once you become president, here's who we want. Hillary Clinton, Secretary, Secretary of State. 
and Obama chose many of these people that Citibank, one of these big banks that helped you know, contribute to the financial crisis, Barack Obama chose them. Barack Obama was chosen by certain people because he had that charismatic swag and stuff like that. But to say that he's the person that's really on all the people's side is... Yeah. Anyway. Um, Far from the truth. I don't know how much longer you guys want to go if you want to wrap it up there, but... Um, we can wrap it up. I'm I'm cool. I mean, it's up to you guys. I, I think we're. I'm wor- what do you guys think? I'm working on like 20 projects right now. I gotta head yeah. down somewhere else after this. <laughs> <You're> busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this was pretty good. This was a really good episode. This was great. This is our longest episode. Yeah, for, sure. for real, we were thinking like 30 minutes. This is like almost two hours. This is gonna keep me. I this think this is, is over two hours. This was a great start to the week. Yeah. First of Not all. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was great to be able to have you here, an old teacher that uh, brings back good memories and was able to make another good memory today. We're very thankful that you could be open enough to coming on with us. So thank you. We hope to get you in different episodes, too. You're welcome, and I I wish you guys all the best. Thank you. Likewise. And, you know, let me know when it's up. (laughs) 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 Why wouldn't we tell you? Yeah, we'll send you a link. We'll, we'll get our people to tell your people. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, have a good one. And thanks, Mr. Smith, for being coming to stop by. All right. Peace.